vaccine make you worse? We can't even be curious, they say it's nanotech in the vax, you can't be serious. Only two weeks to slow the spread, they said, yeah, right. take the shot, we'll hook you up with some bread. Money, make it make sense, you don't find that suspicious, you could be triple vax, still spread it and still get it, I ain't an expert or a critic. Nah. Some of y'all sound cryptic, like if you ain't took the vax, expect to sleep with the fishes. Is the media making you bold, making that heart turn cold? You get your life in exchange for your soul, first the mandatory mask, then the mandatory vax, what's, what's next? What's a mandatory mark for access. First off, I ain't taking no vaccine. Hey, stop, I ain't going to no quarantine. Man, stop, and you know it's really bugging me. It's for disease, just like the CDC. First off, I ain't taking no vaccine. Next stop, I ain't going to no quarantine. Man, stop, and you know it's really bugging me. It's for disease, just like the CDC. Working on some data in her words is behind this new guidance, showing the data from several states in this country, showing vaccinated people infected with the highly contagious Delta variant may be contagious and able to spread the virus to others. Even if you're vaccinated, the masks indoors in public. First off, I ain't taking no vaccine. First off, I ain't going to no quarantine. Mask off, and you know what's really bugging me. It's spread the Strap in, leaders. Let's go. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. So you may have heard about HIV recently and AIDS. There seems to be this new push from the health agencies, from the bureaucrats and so forth to go get tested for HIV. Now, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago in previous shows. We had one of the whistleblowers come out and tell us they've just got a contract to produce three to four million HIV tests a month. And you remember talking about that. And then I've started also seeing a number of uh, tweets, people talking about this, like Tracker here on Twitter saying, interesting, triple V friend that hasn't been with anyone in five years, got their annual test done last week, came back HIV positive. Test at the beginning of 2020 before the first V was negative makes a person wonder. And the question that's going around Twitter that everyone's debating is, are the vaccines causing AIDS or triggering HIV? And we've had a, a, a Luke Montagnier, who is a Nobel winning Nobel uh, Peace Prize winner for discovering HIV. He passed away last week, and this sent me down with a, a tweet from uh, Dr. Len Flynn's fan account 
sent me down a rabbit hole with HIV to really look at it. And I think you guys are going to be stunned uh, by what we see. Uh, so we're going to, I've taken and cut up a HIV documentary or an AIDS documentary where somebody like me went out and investigated and talked to all the experts. And I think it's pretty revealing. And what it's going to show you is that they are running the exact same playbook as they did for AIDS. Coronavirus was like their second, yeah, oh, well, hey, we got away with it last time. Let's go big or go home and do it again. And that's exactly what they've done here and what they are pushing. So let me see if we also had this right here. This is in Australia. Really wanted for Christmas was a local vaccine, but the University of so they tried to produce their own vaccination or, or vaccine for Australians, right? Trying to save some money, but turns out Queensland vaccine um, will not be able to proceed. 50 million planned doses scrapped after triggering false positive results for HIV. As in science. Now, the way this has been reported on social media is a little disturbing to me. Um, people are saying, you know, things like, uh, oh, 50,000 had to be discarded. No, it was that they tried a development effort and found out later in the trials that they were triggering HIV tests, positive tests. So they had to abandon the effort. Okay. Things don't always go right. It's certainly a tough day for, for the team. The UQ vaccine applied a molecular clamp closing the coronavirus spikes using an HIV protein which falsely triggered infection markers. Everybody who had the vaccine uh, did show some level of false positive result. One of them, Mel Stott. I can totally understand where they're coming from, but I still have no concerns about my health or anybody else's health. Everything's the fine. The vaccine was proving effective in trials and the participants were at no risk, but... The risk to vaccine confidence was the principal issue here. Vaccine expert Professor Nikolai Petrovsky... We, don't, we, we didn't expect it to have people start testing positive for HIV, but we're sure it's not a problem. You should just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a perception problem, that's all. Really wanted for Christmas was a local vaccine, oh, but the University of it. Queensland issue here. Vaccine expert Professor Nikolai Petrovsky says he raised the alarm early. Our feeling was it, it, it was too experimental a technology to be rolled yep. out. No warnings were ignored at all. Professor Murphy says the risk of false positives was always known but considered small. Unfortunately, it just became a bigger problem than anyone had anticipated. Really wanted for Chris. By bigger problem than anyone anticipated, people started talking about it and it scared the hell out of them. And they said, well, I'm definitely not taking that. So they had to scrap it. Otherwise, they were just going to push it right on through and give people these, the, this gene therapy that causes them to test positive for HIV. Now, what I've learned about HIV has just blown my mind in the last week, and it all comes out of uh, Luke Montagnier's uh, death because he, he discovered HIV. And what he says about it is that it's a secondary infection. HIV is not the cause of AIDS. Now that's heresy, of course, according to the health experts out there. 
they will tell you, no, HIV is definitely the cause of AIDS. But we're going to see what a crap argument that is in reality here. Christmas was a local vet. All right. Oh, no, I want to go. There we go. Now, why are these positive tests happening? Okay. What we're looking at here is a genetic, a model of the spike protein showing the, the genetics involved. And you need to understand this very, very well. I know we've shown you this before and talked about it before, but what we have showing up between SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2 are primarily these four alterations, okay? <clears throat> and the first three are HIV, have, are, are HIV inserts, basically. They're on the three corners of this spike. It kind of looks like a, a flower with three petals. And on the tips of the petals come to a point, you've got the three HIV inserts repeated on each binding site. And I also learned, I think these blue coil things in here are part of the fusion process. They're like drills that will help it uh, penetrate a cell and, and get into it. Um, and then the, the fourth thing that happened here is these little green leaves here down at the bottom. That is the FCS, the fern cleavage site, which is what allows it to bind to human ACE2 receptors and infect the cells, trigger the clotting and the blood veins and so forth. Only one problem with that. Bats, uh, FCS, is not able to attach to human cells. It doesn't work. So what we literally have in the wild spike protein of the SARS coronavirus 2 between number one and number two is all four of these things, uh, these three HIV inserts, the FCS, which also has some HIV genetic code in it, along with a 19NT gene sequence from a Moderna patent that was patented, if it's actually in several patents from 2014 to 2018, before SARS-CoV-2, you know, came out of uh, this bat paneloan uh, orgy that they apparently had. With all of these enhancements to make it more infectious, more pathogenic, more deadly, like they were trying to do gain-of-function research or something. So that's probably why people are triggering positive for HIV. What does it mean? Well, not much, apparently. But, you know, I'll leave that, leave you to decide for yourself. Okay. <clears throat> so further on this, if you want to go kind of down the conspiracy rabbit hole, there's all these deaths of people who were involved in HIV research. Now, Luke is the latest one from last week. He's also, I think, 79 years old or something. I mean, he lived, lived a full life. I don't think he was bumped off or anything. But you had uh, a number of researchers who were going down to an AIDS conference that were on the flight uh, MH117, the one that went down in the ocean and they couldn't find and didn't know what happened to it for weeks and weeks. Um, they've died. So you have the inventor of the PCR test who, when it was used to diagnose HIV, was saying this is an inappropriate use of the test. Uh, he said the same thing about coronavirus, and then he got really sick and died. 
uh, there's there's been a few others in there. So we are actually going to put, I am anyway, going to put the tinfoil conspiracy theory hat on. And uh, we're going to look yeah, if my things will work. There we go. At a little movie here. This is America, Team America, World Police. If you haven't seen this, it's a little puppet movie. It came out in 2004. Now that's important. And they're putting the F back in freedom, baby. Yeah. So they had this movie out. Let me see if I can get it to play. There we go. And I think this thing is full of clues, right? Like there's a lot of little things in here. This whole movie is just a scathing um, commentary on U.S. foreign policy, the government, what they do and so forth. But I think there's far more to it. And so I'm going to, you know, wearing my tinfoil hat here, I'm definitely not putting one on. We've all seen the memes from Alex. No, thanks. (laughs) But I'm going to put that hat on and walk through this and tell you if I were in a conspiracy mindset, what would I see? Well, right off the bat here, we're in uh, Times Square. There's the Theater Development Fund. The fund is telling us, oh, okay, this has corporate backers and deep state money and black budget op money, right? And we see up all the propaganda and so forth, and there's all kinds of clues. And I want to stop here for a minute because you never know when you might miss a pair of juicy clues. But I I don't see anything. I mean, there's the two beautiful women and then Virgin, maybe, maybe that was a clue about what this whole thing offers. And then here we're seeing all these big name brands saying they're behind it. And we go down here to Lease the Musical. Everyone has Ace. Where he's got a message for us. He's telling everyone they have AIDS. The audience is sitting there eating it up. They love it, right? And of course, this isn't in the this isn't the ending of the film, okay? This is in the early, uh, you know, the first first act really. So you have this theater development fund, so funded by deep state money, right? Down here running this theater district and what is this thing well that's what we're what is showing us here and so this is the end of our story and everyone is dead from aids <laughs> it took from me my best friend my only true pal my only bright star he died of AIDS. well i'm gonna march on washington lead the oh, fight now march on washington and there's washington who is this guy? He's the CIA. Biden charged the brigades. And what have they done? They have created a hero, you know, like a champion. There's a hero inside of all of us. I'll make them see everyone has AIDS. That they can use to their advantage. My father. AIDS. My sister. AIDS. My uncle and my cousin and her best AIDS, friend. AIDS, AIDS. So what is he singing about? Everyone, all, everyone he cares about dying of AIDS. The gays and the straights and the whites and the spades. Everyone has AIDS. My grandma and my dog go blue. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. The Pope has got it and so do you. The Pope's got it and so do you. We got quilting to do. We're gonna break 
Did they drop an Easter egg in here to tell us this was coming? Maybe. Now, what do we have going on right here? He's looking at a picture of his family. You can hear something's not going right in the background. There's some screams and so forth. Get it off of me. Get it off of me. Of course, he just sang on stage that everyone he loves died of AIDS. And since we've got the tinfoil hat on, of course, MK Ultra, the mind control program that the CIA run, ran, uh, it would find people who had childhood trauma and then it would torture them so that they would develop split personalities that they could use to their advantage. So this whole thing is a breeding ground for people that they can use. Hello, young man. Of course, we've got... Congratulations on a... Smoking man from, uh, you know, the X-Files with his cigar, with his cigarette and standing in the shadows. Terrific performance. Oh, thank you. I don't believe we've met, Mr. The name is Spotswood. Spotsworth. He's the recruiter for the CIA to spot talent that would be of value to them. Well... Nice to meet you. And you are Gary Johnston, all-American actor who graduated Iowa University summa cum laude with a double major in theater and world languages. You've been at the top of every acting class since you were a child. Top gun actor. So, world languages and acting, meaning somebody who's good at portray portrayal. Like, that's what good actors do. They make you believe in their lies because they're not this person, but they make you believe that they are. So he could very well be a Manchurian candidate that the CIA groomed and developed, just like Obama, to play these roles that they want, right? And this is what this movie is, this one little scene is laying out here for us. Hey, hold on a second, are you from Hollywood? I have an incredible offer for you, Gary. If you're interested, follow me this way. Of course, don't forget Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. He was subject to one of these CIA experiments where they gave him massive doses of LSD and, like, messed with his mind. Yeah. Please, Gary, step into my car. I love this. Oh, I get it. I'm supposed to get in your car and let you put your finger inside me. Then if I go down on you, I get a movie part. That's Harvey Weinstein before Harvey Weinstein came out, right? Describing Hollywood here. No, I just want to show you something. Yeah, I'll bet you do. Please, Gary, I'm not from Hollywood. I'm not going to fuck your mouth and my time is extremely valuable. <laughs> a nice limo yes it is now suck my cock <laughs> just kidding those are the jokes my girlfriends have to put up with all the time which might be why i'm single but probably not okay so there you go like that's what that whole thing laid out for us right was how the cia goes in and funds these efforts grooms these 
assets for them, you know, gets them in the right, approaches them in college, picks them out there. There's several examples of that, right? And then uses them to do their bidding around the world and does who knows what kind of mind control and drugs and whatever else their technology they're using. There's no telling at this point. So take that off. We're going to, we'll come back to that later in the show because the same thing is happening right now with COVID with this whole natural origin, uh, lab creation versus lab creation theory. Like nobody can explain how the Moderna patent jumped off the pages and into the FCS on SARS-CoV-2 for the first time ever from a bat that can't have FCSs that infect humans. Nobody's got any explanation for that, but um, it's definitely came from the bats 1,500 miles away and not the laboratory doing the gain-of-function research, right? So this is from the uh, AIDS documentary. It's about an hour and a half. It's on YouTube. Uh, somebody in chat, if you don't mind finding the name of this, if you know it, I, I don't have it written down. I can't remember what it is, but um, I'll get that to you later on in the show. I've taken some clips out of it and I want to show you kind of what went on during this whole AIDS epidemic and how they learned to game the system because that's what HIV was. It was I think one of their early attempts at selling a giant lie to people and manipulating with all the levers of government that they could muster <clears throat> doctors and nurses and researchers to push for uh, a theory that supports the pharmaceutical cartels and makes them a lot of money and supports the NIH and the NIAID and grows their budgets because that's what this is all about. That's why I call these people pharmaceutical cartels because they sell a product that kills people for money to make a lot of money. And that's exactly what we have going on with coronavirus and these vaccines. Uh-oh. Okay, Twitter's good. Hey, if anybody wants on Twitter spaces wants to be a co-host just to Keep it open in case it kicks me off. Uh, send a thumbs up or something. All right, I'm going to play this. Well, unfortunately, I have to take credit uh, for coining the term GRID, which stood for gay-related immune deficiency. We were seeing a cluster of gay men who were suddenly critically ill of pneumocystis pneumonia, which was the indicator disease of something new, and reported our findings to the CDC. My first reaction was, this is an extraordinarily important uh, finding. The CDC was looking for something like that when it came along. They were. Now that's Kerry Mullis. He's one of the sort of critics of this whole sham. And he's one of the people that have since passed from when this was made. Looking for it already. They were hoping there was going to be a new plague because polio was over. The CDC's budget was getting decreased. Not only was polio over, but as we mentioned a couple of shows back, they changed the definition of what it meant to be diagnosed with polio, to get polio. 
so that it was harder so that they could basically eradicate polio with their vaccine. And if you actually look at the charts, you know, we've, we've looked at enough uh, cases, charts to show what happens. They ramp up and then they trail off and basically go down to zero. You might get a few smaller bumps unless you, you know, <laughs> inject across all age and risk groups into a pandemic. Then you can create a second wave that's bigger. But we'll put that aside for now. Um, <clears throat> it, they were on their way out when they finally introduced the vaccine. And then along with changing the definition, manipulating the language, they were able to sell this narrative that the vaccines work. Polio is the most successful one. And it's really just, no, they just rigged their, uh, their process again. The Center of Disease Control, CDC, in Atlanta was under threat for reduction and even theoretically for closure. There were memos oh, yeah. around the CDC that says, we need to find a new plague. For them to justify their expenses and their existence and their, make their careers, they have to find infectious diseases. We need to find something that'll scare the American people so they won't give us more money. Does this sound familiar at all? Because it should. People went from neglecting it to fear and panic. Maybe I can get it. Suddenly there was a lot of money available for anybody who wanted to study HIV. Billions and AIDS billions. AIDS refers to a syndrome and its definition changes uh, periodically. AIDS is a chronic disease. It's based on its immunodeficiency. AIDS is not a disease, right? AIDS is a whole lot of different things. Depends on what country you're in. When your CD4 count falls below a certain arbitrary level, by definition, you have AIDS. If you develop any of a number of opportunistic infections or diseases, that puts you in the category of AIDS. So there's Fauci. Of course, he's right in the middle of this, right? He's orchestrating this whole thing, and today he's operating out of exactly the same playbook. Changing the definition. What they is it? I don't even know what AIDS is. AIDS is so hard to define because they change the definition of it every year. The definition of AIDS has broadened over time. It was revised in 1985 and then again in 1987. The changes in the definition have been political. Every time they change the definition, the numbers go up. The definition has changed many times. The biggest change was probably in 1993 which they then, you know, added the CD4 count uh, uh, and HIV and, you know, you see. And of course, what are they doing with SARS-CoV-2 and, and the vaccines? Well, it's about the antibody count. Look at this one indicator here. This is way up. So therefore you're protected, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. You could not even be ill, but if you had a CD4 count consistently below 200, you now had AIDS. Sounds like the hospital testing, doesn't it? You go in for a car accident and you test positive for COVID and now you're a COVID case. A closer look at the Centers for Disease Control's documents reveals that AIDS numbers actually declined in 1993. Uh-oh. But a retroactive definition change increased the estimates by more than 100%. Look at that. We have an epidemic going on. We need some money. We've got to fight this. It's going to get out of hand. The more diseases they could lump into this AIDS syndrome, S stands for syndrome, 
the better the chances are they get patients under that umbrella. The more patients they could catch. Beyond scientific decisions, but politics and capitalism and reimbursement comes into play. For example, a person with hepatitis C, even say here in San Francisco, if you've got hepatitis C and only hepatitis C, you're, you're shit out of luck. Having an AIDS diagnosis. You but if you have hepatitis C with a positive HIV test, then you have AIDS. And that, ladies and gentlemen, comes with some privileges. Hepatitis C, even say here in San Francisco, if you've got hepatitis C and only hepatitis C, you're, you're shit out of luck. Having an AIDS diagnosis, you know, I get a free apartment. The oh. city of San Diego pays my apartment. Nice. I can um, have the state of California pay for many um, medications related to HIV. Uh, mm -hmm. I get Social Security benefits. Oh. I can get discounts on my supplements at the local health food store. Nice. I also get food stamps and in-home supportive cleaning services. Oh, so I was basically Government a healthy made. person walking around and... Yeah, I had all these wonderful little perks, you know. Oh, free parking right up front. That's nice. Looks awesome. I want AIDS, don't you? <laughs> and one of our problems was how can you diagnose uh, AIDS in Africa in the absence of very sophisticated laboratory support? We say somebody who has a combination of certain um, signs and symptoms like major weight loss and if you have a combination of that you can say this is probably somebody with AIDS. So what they had to do, the, the, one of the problems here with AIDS is like there's no definitive definition and it varies in one country to another where you, you, could, with, you could take the same test result to six different countries and get three different diagnoses, right? Or four different maybe because they don't all agree on what is AIDS versus HIV. And one of our problems oh. was how can you diagnose somebody who has a combination of certain um, signs and symptoms like. And so in Africa where they don't have the sophisticated diagnostic tests, what they did is put together a way to diagnose AIDS without any HIV test. Major weight loss. And if you have a combination of that, you can say this is probably somebody with AIDS. It gave something to clinicians in Africa to, uh, to diagnose AIDS. And that helped in the overall effort to count cases because we needed to know what was the impact of the, uh, of the epidemic. They could discover AIDS all over Africa at that point. They could say that we are all at risk, but they could say it's spreading around the world. They could say it affects women as much as men because almost anyone in an African hospital could be diagnosed with AIDS without having to do the HIV test at all. Whole nations have been led to believe that, in some instances, that they've got large percentages of their population infected and, and doomed because of this sexually transmitted, supposed sexually transmitted virus. Which it's not. <laughs> Which is what's even more mind-blowing as we continue here. 
course, what are they doing with the definition definition of a vaccine or vaccination? Because early 2015, it was an injection of a <clears throat> killed or weakened infectious organism. So they would take the virus or the bacteria, whatever it is, I think it's just virus, and soak it in like formaldehyde, try and get rid of the formaldehyde, then take the dead or weakened um, virus and inject it into the person. And that is what would trigger the immune system and the body would come in, respond to it, clean it up, and it goes away. And it says, inject injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent disease stops you from getting the disease. You get the shot, you don't get the disease. Then 2015 to 2021, it became the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity from a specific disease. Doesn't stop you from getting the disease now. It just, you know, gives you protection against it. And of course, now that their vaccines are absolutely failing, they've watered it down even further to say the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection. It's not even immunity anymore. It just offers some level of protection against whatever we can rig our studies to show. Now, listen to what they're doing with the numbers. This is Dr. Um, Oh gosh, David uh, Weissman. This is this is a paper from FDA that just came out in the last week or so. They're saying they they've gone through and they've said that there's at least at least a 16% non-capture of people who were vaccinated but are being called unvaccinated. That that is exactly what you're saying. FDA are admitting it. Here's the paper. It's right over here. This is on the top of my list. What 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 are the consequences of that? That means that all the data where they 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 look at vaccinated here and unvaccinated here, you've got 16% who are wrong in the wrong place. That means you've got a 32% imbalance is swinging the wrong way. FDA have just admitted that. So the CDC, and we've been hammering on this for a long time, they are absolutely fabricating their data. The FDA has pointed out it's off by 16%, which means it's taking it from the vaccinated group and moving it to the unvaccinated group, meaning their numbers are off by 32%. Folks, this is this is a paper from F of course here we have uh mike eden talking about the impact of uh false positives and false negatives in the uk's covid pcr testing program same thing they're doing with the pcr test that they did with the hiv rapid tests we're going to go into more of that an old position paper about pcr mass testing written for the uk government's scientific and medical advisors sage Note that the operational false positive rate, OFPR, had never been estimated properly. To my knowledge, it has never been. It's surprising how critical OFPR is to the usefulness of mass testing, right? It's clear to see that by inspection at times of low prevalence in the population, meaning it's not a high, somebody engaged in these high-risk behaviors, uh, almost all the positive references are false positives. There are other ways in which false positives can uh, dominate testing outcomes, such as excessive number of cycles of amplification. Now, what are they doing with COVID? Excessive numbers of cycles of amplification. 
the inventor of the PCR test said, this is what they're doing. They're not using it the way it should be used. Before COVID hit, Fauci would say 23, 24 cycles. You get beyond that and you get false positives. What are they doing? 35, 40, 45. Until the vaccines rolled out, then they created a two-tiered testing system where the unvaccinated, they get cycled 45 times. And each cycle is a doubling of the genetic material to make it more abundant so that it triggers a positive test, right? So that's what they're doing. 45 is not the standard. Someone's saying in, in chat, that is the manufactured number that they use to falsify and give them the false positives that they needed to create the pandemic and to sell the lie folks. Okay. So once the vaccine vaccines rolled out, test the unvaccinated cycle it to 40, 45 test the vaccinated it needs to be under 26. So they created a double standard, same test, same virus. But if you've been vaccinated, you had to have a whole lot more, several thousands of times more of it in your body to be considered a positive test. If that doesn't show you what a complete fraud their testing is, I don't know what will, folks. Of course, Here's the numbers from the UK, and I'll blow that up so you guys can see it. We've got this sort of bell curve shape that they've put out. This is their modeling of how many are going to die without their more restrictive plans. You know, give, give the health authorities more power and control over your lives to lock you down, to close your business, to tell you what to do, to force your kid to wear a mask. And they were predicting their central estimate was 2,890 per day of deaths in England, 2,890. Their high estimate was 4,770 per day. Their lower estimate, best case scenario that we're going to see here, folks, trust me, you're, you know, trust me on this one. Best case estimate, 1,880 per day. Actual never climbed above 200. So they, and they did this all through the pandemic. They revised the U.S. numbers three times by like 30% reduction each time. And they still came out with a curve that looks like this over what they were selling the politicians and telling the people to force these draconian measures versus reality. These people are criminals. They are pushing a Holocaust based on lies. They've been called out for it, and yet they're still doing the same thing. They are not adjusting their models down because they don't have any interest in being accurate. They are motivated by greed to push for more power and control and finances for themselves, for their agency. And I've described government to you guys many times as simply competing groups of criminal gangs that are vying to see who can pull off the biggest heist. And that's what this is. It is a heist of your autonomy, of uh, your money, of your wealth. They are robbing us blind with this nonsense and leaving us sick and dead. 
So here you're living in a mud hut, and here some come white men with doctors who you respect, and they tell you that there is now among you an invisible disease, that it, and it gets into your blood and can stay there unseen for years, and when it manifests itself, it's going to manifest itself in the forms of diseases you've always known. This cannot help but create extraordinary paranoia in people's minds. Does this sound familiar? Because it should. It's the same playbook that they did for COVID. What is going on with us? In the era before AIDS, we, we had to admit we don't know the diagnosis and we could hypothesize. But nowadays, um, what doctors do is, well, if we don't know what it is, it must be AIDS. People could have TB. They created a catch-all for anything they couldn't figure out. What are they doing now? The vaccine injured go in and they run test after test after test looking for things that they probably don't have because they're unwilling to acknowledge reality that these people are injured by these chemical bioweapons. And then after all the tests come back negative, they tell them, well, mm, you're, you've got stress. You're crazy. Go home. And not have HIV and fulfill the Bangui criteria. They'd lose weight. They'd have TB. Uh, and they could look like they have AIDS when they don't. So here we go again with manipulating this is where that diagnosis without a test comes in. And all they've done is gone out and scoop up everything into the AIDS camp so that they can sell the idea that there is an epidemic when there is not. So here you're living in a living? Now, here's testing. This will look familiar too. HIV testing facilities are everywhere, from street corner kiosks to shopping malls. And he did this, I think, in uh, late, I think it was early 2000s that he put this movie together. I'll be tested with a rapid test, which looks for antibodies to HIV. I'm going to read from a section that's called, that says limitations of the test. The specificity of the reveal rapid HIV antibody test for blood specimens in low-risk populations has not been evaluated. Several professional organizations who decide as an expert committee on guidelines how to do things. None of these. House of Numbers, full documentary is what this is called. And it is excellent, excellent. Okay. Responsible uh, societies recommended for scientific reasons. It occurred to me that perhaps the HIV epidemic is reported to be so widespread in South Africa and other poor nations simply because they use these inaccurate tests. And if you knew how HIV AIDS numbers are cooked uh, or made up, you would use them with extreme caution. There can be mistakes from the antibody test and there are conditions that can cause the test to be inaccurate. Now that I've got the package insert for that test kit, it says positive results using any specimen type should be followed with additional testing. But this is the test that they use to confirm with. It's a turbulent sea of, of argument about how can we use this test? When can we use this test? Why does this test have no standard? We have a group now of about 40 patients that have no detectable virus in their body, but they're not being treated. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, are they really infected? So the Western blots can have false positives? No, the Western blot was negative, too. But they were told they were positive by a lab, yes, that misread the Western blot. It depends a little bit on the producer of the test. 
it depends on the manufacturer. Is, yeah. is there different criteria for what might be a positive? Yeah, there are different criteria from the manufacturer. <laughs> Thank you for the word. And sounds, also um, there are guidelines. Sounds very scientific, doesn't it? That like the manufacturer gets to make up what determines a positive outcome? Guidelines from the WHO and UNAIDS. Like what they're detecting that determines whether or not it's AIDS? Well, HIV infection is diagnosed with... Um... Now, here's the CDC guy, right? So every, just about everything that's coming out of his mouth is a lie, most likely. It's what you should assume listening to the CDC, given their current behavior. Rather now routine laboratory tests, which, um, uh, for which the, there are criteria for diagnosis. Uh, Established by the manufacturer. It's funny. FDA. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. They know that this thing is bullshit, folks. And now, all of a sudden, they're trotting it out. Why? We're getting there. HIV testing facility. Oh, come on. Other people would be tested also from out from from outside of uh, risk groups then let's roll out the royals and encourage everybody to get tested regardless of the risk group now in that last segment there if you remember the guy was asking about because he's in a low risk group he's more likely to get a false positive look at the messaging now coming from prince harry here surely the people that were within those risk groups will feel more comfortable to be tested so therefore mm-hmm. Every single one of us has a duty or at least an opportunity to, to get tested ourselves to make it easier for everybody else to get tested. And then it just becomes a regular thing like anything. You need to get tested, be not at risk, so that the people who are at risk get feel comfortable getting tested. So it's your duty to get tested. Else. But if we're not getting tested and we're like, oh, you know, HIV, that's not that. How could that possibly affect me? That's affecting, you know, people over there. And it's like, no, it could affect you. But even uh, if you're absolutely convinced that it won't, do you want it? You should probably get tested because then at least you know your status. That to me was the biggest sort of turning. Just get the test. Just go get the test. We can't have the numbers that we need if y'all don't go and get the false positive test. Point for me was like, just know your status. If you don't know your status, why would you not want to know your status? Uh, Because I don't want to take part in your con, maybe. Other people would say. Of course, here's one of the testing centers. Community. Oh, it is. Okay, great. Let's check it out. Now, this is citizen journalist Richard. This is a great video. He's in Washington, D.C. He walks around, shows how the town is dead. There's no, not much traffic. The traffic has died off in the last couple of years uh, or the last yeah, I guess the last couple of years, it's not coming back. They've got this testing center here, and he wanders in with this camera. Sorry. Yes, ma'am. Do you, have an Do you need an appointment? I got to get the test, okay. you know? I need you to I'm very on. sick. I understand that you don't have on a mask. You I know, because I just I can't breathe in the mask. I can't all breathe. Things. Oh, do you have an extra mask, maybe? Can you what are you watching over there on your phone? Are you, are you bored at work or something? Can you, can you step back, please? <laughs> so is this what the test site looks like? This is a former CVS. Yes, sir. Sir, and, uh, I have to leave. Yeah. and he just wanders in. Now he's getting asked to leave. Sir, sir, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. 
got the security guard for the testing site because you can't have a testing site without a security guard, right? Yeah, I'm going to leave in one second, man. Okay, Don't touch me, though. That's yeah, assault if you touch me. You, Good. That's very well. Anyway, this is a test site where they have... <laughs> and you can see it's empty. There's like three people and looks like five or six testing stations. Of course, all these have to be manned by staff that they're paying big bucks to be there, right? They have like, I guess they are testing for COVID or something. I'm not really sure, but this is a joke. Okay. Look at this. Look at these people. Can you please leave? And this is a formal CVS. You see the refrigerators here, and there's no one here. Sir. It's remarkable. This continues on. Why are people still doing this? Why are people still play? Stop. And this is a security guard, like no uniform, completely, oh, uniform. extremely obese woman. Um, and so this is the, <laughs> this is. <laughs> now, a lot of, especially this surprised me, the females in the audience did not like that comment. But I'm going to defend Richard on this one because he didn't say you're a fat ass. He said extremely obese, which is a clinical diagnosis, right? And it's pretty obvious looking at her that yes, clinically she is obese. He didn't use a derogative term. He used a medical term. And what we know, what we've known for a long time is that being obese puts you in one of the highest risk categories for having severe, uh, reaction to catching COVID, you know, being hospitalized or dying. It puts you at a much higher risk of hospitalization and death being obese. So he's pointing out, she's been here for who knows how long, morbidly obese, putting herself at the highest risk and not really doing anything about it. And I don't mean no offense by that, but you should probably change some of your habits. And, uh, and so, yeah, hmm. you know, this is what it looks like here. So don't tell me that I need to wear a mask when you're in the highest risk group of something you could do something about, but you choose not to. Okay. You don't get to endanger your own health and then lecture me about my health that's not how this works you got some zombies still getting the test done i guess and she's watching her video here on her cell phone she's got her twinkies or whatever these things are called eating crap this is the latest in washington dc guys complete ma'am are you why are you still playing along with this game the government's telling you to play along with i'm just trying to work for a paycheck for my family go home that's all do you believe and here's the problem with that we're paying for that shit. This is a fraud. We're paying for this garbage. And these people are all going to defend their actions because their paycheck comes from this lie. Believe in this. Look at this. You, Ma'am, you're working security at this place where no one is. Please just leave the premises. I'm leaving. But this is a joke. Look at this. Are you coming for a test for something that doesn't exist? <laughs> There's one of the staff telling him to fuck off. Oh, you're a nurse that continues to lie. Did you, did you do TikTok videos? Yeah. Were you one of the nurses doing TikTok videos? I want to know. Did you do the TikTok videos, lady? When, when the hospitals are empty and you lie to the people? Yeah, I'm leaving. <laughs> so that was Richard Citizen Journalist. He's now on Twitter. He's got a Telegram account where he primarily posts. He travels around, does lots of great videos. That was, I think... One of his best ones. He, you know, he trolled them, I think just perfectly. And I get, you know, people didn't like the obese comment, but we got to face reality here. That is the number one risk for having a severe reaction to COVID. 
And if these are the people that are put at two years down the road, these are the people still pushing. You've got to be afraid of COVID. You've got to do all these things to protect me when I'm not protecting myself. I'm sorry, you don't have a leg to stand on. Community. Okay, back to the documentary. Uh, House of Numbers full documentary. If it will play. There we go. Since a false positive looks like a true positive, how can you ever distinguish whether it's truly a positive or a negative? So what he's asking in these low risk groups where you get a lot of uh, false positives, how do you know that they're false positives? Well, that's a great question. Um, it's going to be very hard to determine uh, a false positive. So I take the test I again. They don't know. And this time my results come back marked from the lab indeterminate. I'm faced with the decision, do I want to wait six weeks to test again or do it right away? I opted for right away. My results that time come back positive. Took it again, came back negative. I took it again, positive. Fraud, people. What it's happens fraud. if you're positive on one criteria? Since a false positive okay. looks like one criteria. And of course, what do we have going on in the pandemic? With COVID. Remember Elon, he went in and got three tests and one was positive and two were negative or two were positive and one was negative, something like that. And of course, people who didn't even show up, like set an appointment to get a test and then cancel the appointment and they get an email saying they've tested positive or they've tested negative when they didn't even test, they didn't go. That's happened dozens of times that I know about. Though, and of course, we had the video of the guys in the warehouse making millions of dollars, just like the guys on the floor in the factory in China turning out masks. Remember that one from the pandemic? They're making big bank and they know it's a sham and they don't care. They're just giving the government what they want and making a nice hefty profit. There's a guy who set up testing for COVID in the U S and got registered and on their approved list and made a nice $25 million from it. took it again on one criteria but negative on another manufacturer's criteria how do you decide ah. who's infected and who's not um hiv mandatory testing the me is a no-brainer it does not allow you to tell a single Te person test everyone right on this planet that they are hiv positive and it's a scandal that this test continues to be used how can we say that HIV is the cause of AIDS when we don't know, based on current tests, whether or not anybody diagnosed positive actually has HIV? Well, I don't think you do, but I don't think they care. Early on, there was so much we didn't know, and we were all... Well, Dr. Russell was shaking his hand. No, that's not true, Senator. We okay. knew early on. We had treatment early on from the very first day. In so Ron Johnson here, this is back at the hearing. We're going to play through some of these to kind of draw the parallels here to what's actually happening today, what these doctors were talking about in his hearing and what happened with AIDS because same playbook, folks. They're doing this scam all over again. 
He's trying to say, well, I mean, we, we were just doing the best we can. The health officials didn't know any better. It's like, no, no, we knew. We knew how to treat these things. March. Yes. That's a, that's a fabricated lie. It's, it's scientific fraud to say that. There was treatment for inflammation. There was treatment for blood clotting. There was even treatment that we could try for the virus. There's treatment for respiratory demise. It was definitely but, but, options. But, 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 but again. And so as we went on, as he just talked, and I don't want to interrupt, but just let me kind of cover on this. The virus, respiratory viruses are gone in five to seven days. To say that this corpse could, could contain this respiratory virus a month or two later is ridiculous. So it's been a fraud. So right there, what he's talking about is... Um they weren't giving the bodies back to the families. They were cremating them and then giving them the ashes. And the excuse was, well, the bodies could have COVID. And it's like, no, no respiratory virus is going to survive. This is basic science here. Why are we abandoning basic science? And it's because they needed people scared shitless to push their agenda. From the beginning, and I don't understand why, but to go to just one more quick thing. The NIH, the CDC, and the FDA are not involved in medical education. We went through a residency, a medical school, a residency program. We have colleagues, mentors, people that we rely on. I've seen 300,000 patients. I've never called the FDA, the NIH, or the CDC Doesn't one happen. time for advice. for advice. It's not who we call. So to have them dictate our medical practices has to stop. It should not ever have been done. We've got to find a way to fight back. The, the public knows that hospitals are dangerous places, like Dr. Merrick said, and we've got, to, we've got to reinvent the wheel, basically, because our current system is the corporate practice of medicine telling yes. doctors what to do when we already know what to do. There's a nuance, and we know it. each and every patient has a slight potential thing that we might do differently. And if we don't do that, we are not we are not good doctors and it's not just that we have the corporate practice of medicine but it's that the cdc creates the guidelines and the guidelines get picked up by the insurance and uh the medicare system which triggers the insurance to follow suit and it becomes the de facto standard and it is being forced on everyone Meanwhile, because these people are corrupted and trading seats back and forth between the pharmaceutical cartels and the companies, the organizations that are supposed to regulate them, this is where we end up. And of course, there's a law that uh, Tim Truth pointed me to. We've played some of his videos over the, over the last couple of years um, that basically makes it illegal for the health agencies to say anything negative about the vaccines, even if it's true. They are required by law to lie. And I didn't believe it. And I'm like, you know, he had this infographic. I'm like, that doesn't seem right, Tim. I'd want to see the law. And he sent it to me. And it's true. It's in there. They are required by law to lie to you about the safety and efficacy of the vaccines. And they've turned that into medical policy while killing people to fabricate a pandemic so that they could push their vaccine or the vaccine of the cartel families, the pharmaceutical cartel families that have made tens of billions of dollars on this fraud.
early on there was so much we didn't know. And we if you're an advocacy agency and you perceive low numbers to be bad, uh, your bias may be to accept higher numbers even if uh, they're not scientifically sound. Or fraudulent study results, those work too. In an attempt to get to the bottom of the statistics debate, I've come to Geneva, Switzerland to look at the World Health Organization's official numbers. And what we found, there are no numbers, only assumptions and estimates. How are the monies divvied out to states for AIDS prevention or AIDS treatment? How is Testing. government monies sent out to different states and Testing. communities? The more AIDS you have, the more money you get. Exactly. The AIDS partners have a vested interest in maximizing and squeezing the data to get the worst possible scenario that they can out of it, because the worse the situation is, the more compelling their fundraising claims are. When UNAIDS was uh, created, about $250 million was spent on AIDS in poor countries. Ten years later, it's $10 billion. All of the program aspects and the scientific aspects of, of, of AIDS. This is not a scientific issue. This is a matter of politics. Except one unit. He kept sort of the numbers unit. We are really uh, doing a... Did you catch that? He was talking about the CDC divesting themselves except for the statistics. Why? What do we know the CDC is doing today? They are putting out fraudulent numbers. We look at hospitalizations. Dr. Peter McCullough points this out. In fact, oh, I could probably find it here fast enough. That's a good one to do. Um, he mentioned it. I know. Let me see. Oversight failed. Us. We should never have the FDA and CDC be a sponsor of a public program in administering a product. It has been a giant and colossal mistake. Yeah. We should have had a separate body, a government body, be the sponsor of the vaccine program. The vaccine manufacturers can supply the products, and then we needed the separate Data Safety Monitoring Board, Clinical Event Committee, and Human Ethics Committee uh, there in oversight. And if this would have happened based on the emergence of unexplained deaths, I am testifying today that the program would have been shut down in February because of excess mortality. The NIH, specifically the NAIAD division of the NIH, co-owns the patent on the Moderna vaccine. And six members of the NAIED get royalties from the profits into their personal pockets, not to mention the, the entire budget of that program. Are you, you sure of that? I'm sure of that. Yeah. yeah. That's publicly available information. Okay. So you have the public health scientists mandating the policy through their recommendations, right? And the federal government puts its weights behind their recommendations and turns those into requirements for anybody as far as their octopus tentacles can reach out and grab to force all of this stuff and coerce this stuff on the people to grant them more power and authority and control over your life. This is not about COVID, okay? This is about them taking the ultimate control over you and your life and turning you into this slave, 
this in this dystopian nightmare major disservice to say it is uh, not as bad as it looks like because actually it is much worse one month after my interview with Dr. Piat, the Indian government slashed their estimates by nearly 60%. Oops. Shortly sure, thereafter. Sure, that was a big coincidence. He goes in there asking questions about how are you guys counting AIDS, and they decide to, well, we better slash it by 60%. What do they just do with the hospitals when that was questioned? Because they're spam testing everybody with these false positive PCR tests so that they can ring the cash register and throw an extra 20% bonus on the bill for a COVID hospitalization. The same exact thing. UN AIDS acknowledged they'd been overestimating global HIV statistics for more than a... They came out and said 40 to 60%, depending on the area, were not hospitalized for anything related to COVID. I'm like, well, we're just learning. I mean, two years. We haven't had a lot of time to really look at the data yet. I mean, that's our job, but. Decade. And I call on you to double our initial commitment to fighting HIV AIDS by approving an additional $30 billion over the next five years. Yes. Fight Global it. corruption. And it's just them ripping us off. Feeding this machine. This is the medical gang of the, uh, you know, criminal enterprise of the federal government running their big scam on all of us to rip you off, to rip us all off, to leave us with a dollar that buys less because they've printed money and spent it on themselves and their buddies. That's what this is about. If you're an advocacy agency. What the FDA and the regulatory authorities all over the world allowed was for Pfizer to collect data involving um, unrelated RNAs, other candidates, amalgamate it together, and submit it as a package. And in those data, which are not according to good laboratory practices, they did demonstrate that these lipid nanoparticles go all over the body, just as Richard is saying. And oddly, they seem to differentially go to ovaries and bone marrow, but ovaries relative to testes. And it's important everybody kind of latches onto this and they say, oh, there's spike protein in the ovaries. No, that's not what they measured. They didn't ever measure spike protein. What they measured was the lipid component, these synthetic lipids, which is the other thing you didn't mention in this cocktail. Okay, these synthetic lipids go to ovaries. Now, who cares? Well, we do know that, and the CDC now finally acknowledges, after women all over the world complaining about their altered altered menses, these alterations in menstruation were 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 believed to represent hysterical women. The CDC is so. What is he saying here? Ah, I've lost my train of thought. Let me just play it some more. Now acknowledging it. To Hold on, their back up. All that, and the CDC now finally acknowledges okay. after women all over the world complaining about their alterated, altered menses, these alterations in menstruation were, were, were believed to represent hysterical women. 
which is the same diagnosis the vaccine injured are getting across the board. When the tests don't show the, you know, they does not compute. We can't figure out the treatment plan according to our corporate masters here, which have co-opted the hospitals and turned them into this one size fits all. You will check for this and then you will do this. And that is our procedure. And they've taken away the doctor's ability to practice medicine. CDC is now acknowledging it. Hormonally, the ovary drives menstruation. When we're seeing alterated, altered menstrual and menstrual cycles, we're seeing the, the phenomena of postmenopausal women starting to bleed. That's a hallmark that something's going on in the ovaries. The FDA made a determination that they would treat these products using their standard checklist approach for a standard vaccine. So what we end up with... Of course, they know you've got in the, the Q2 filing for, I think, Pfizer, they were talking about the health authorities around the world call this a vaccine therapy or gene therapy product, not a vaccine. Is the FDA making a decision to move forward with a data package that's grossly inadequate that doesn't meet any standards at all, and that is overlooking known problems. And then when patients are coming, women in particular, and complaining about these reproductive effects, they're, they're, being, um, they're being subjected to the same kind of character assassination and ridicule that we all get routinely from our friends uh, Mark Zuckerberg at all. They're being told, you're crazy. What the... Okay, back to the documentary. Padian runs a study, it's a 10 year study with the world's most virulent, terrifying sexually trained. I mean, this thing jumps, excuse HIV. me, off of penises into vaginas miles away. How many of them do you think, after 10 years, with the world's most terrifying, virulent, sexually transmitted disease came up positive? Not nobody. Nobody. Nobody who was negative came up positive. Zero. I think HIV is... How's that? How's that happen? Huh? More difficult to transmit than other sexually... than a lot of, probably most other sexually transmitted diseases. I mean, I think that's pretty widely known. AIDS is the best example of what's really scary and alarming and dangerous about our culture right now, which is that it's a culture of, of PR. It's a public relations phenomenon. Exactly. The truth doesn't matter. What matters is the image. What matters is the narrative. And the narrative can change all they want because they have these people under mass formation and they will literally believe anything to get to the carrot that's been suspended out in front of them perpetually. If we were talking about reality, the reality is that AIDS is over. The reality is Corona is over, but they're not willing to let it die, are they? In 1983, Dr. Luc Montagnier and his team of researchers identified what they thought might be the cause of AIDS. 
This is what he won the Nobel Prize for. was excited because we knew it was a new type of virus, not uh, shown before in men, and very likely to be the cause of AIDS. Of course, at that time, we didn't have the full proof it was the cause of AIDS. The conference was held before any of Robert Gallo's papers were So what happens? This guy at the CDC has everyone running everything through him. He gets this report sent to him and then six months later claims it as his work. Published, therefore, before any other scientist had a chance to review them and uh, look at the evidence and see if he got it right or wrong, and would, quote, collaborate with him. But should you have any broader view other than his personal glory and your personal glory, it is, this was not a scientific pursuit in any way. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services decided from now on, we are only going to fund AIDS research that assumes that Robert Gallo's virus is the cause. I didn't think that uh, HIV in 19... 19- so now, acceptable thought is determined by this this organization that has the monopoly. This is why these monopolies are so dangerous and why they have to be eliminated or we're just going to leave this for future generations to deal with down the road. And maybe they lose. These monopolies that allow them to force one solution on all of us get co-opted over and over and over again and then used to do the bidding of some not-so-great people, right? And if we don't fix that fundamental root cause, you're pissing into the wind, okay? If you're going to tell me we're, we're going to elect this, we'll put new checks in place, oh, fuck you. This is your first rodeo. They will work around those and make them irrelevant because it depends on what the definition of is is. 1984 was the cause of AIDS. That's why I did the study comparing gay men with capacities and gay men with pneumocystis. I assume there must be something else. Well, guess what? Padian runs a study. It's a 10. It's very important on the why question to look at the way in which payment structures have created perverse incentives for hospitals. The way in which a COVID hospitalization was paid more than someone with the exact same problem, exact same symptoms than another hospitalization. So I go treat a 22-year-old woman who's in the hospital for suicidality and a positive COVID test. And so she's in isolation, has zero COVID symptoms. She shouldn't be on the medicine floor. She should be on the psychiatric ward. Uh, but the hospital is getting paid a lot more for that hospitalization simply because she had a positive PCR test. I actually had a meeting with my CEO and CNO at Methodist in Baytown. They called me into this meeting. where. Now, this is uh, Dr. Mary Bowden. She's been on the show a couple times. She's there. Uh, this is her nurse that she hired from, that, that was fired for not taking the vaccine from Methodist Hospital. And she's talking about what happened or might have been because of these uh her speaking out basically they sat me down they threatened me they told me i had to stop they could fire me over this because i was soliciting she was going and sharing information about the adverse reactions to the vaccines and some of the risks and things should be able to express that kind of uh those kinds of issues or concerns 
but they shut that down and created this environment of intimidation. Why? Because they can, because the whole system, the medical licensing and so forth has been monopolized as well. The practice of medicine, you can't practice medicine without this monopoly, government-granted monopoly, and enforced monopoly, giving you permission. Whereas in a free market, we'd have three, maybe five, ten different practice of medicine type companies that have varying standards. So if one starts to go off down to crazy town, you can abandon them and go to a competitor that has a different protocol, a different belief system. Oh, you don't want the vaccine? Okay, why don't you try the uh, AFLDS or the FLCCC protocol and go see one of their doctors who's licensed by that bigger organization and they believe in things like ivermectin, monoclonal antibodies, uh, HCQ, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, and corticosteroids that are at effective doses, unlike the hospitals. So that's the freedom of choice that's being denied because they've built all of these monopoly structures to control the paradigm. And you have to recognize that as the reality. That is why there's no fixing the system. It, th these things have to be raised to the ground and alternatives allowed to flourish in their place. And I think we're going to go through that process, but we need to understand that's the process we're about to go through. You know, like Cliff talked about, I, I saw a clip. I haven't watched the newest episode where I think this was in. But he was talking about this phase that we're going through and uh, or going into, and I, I agree with him on this, where this all comes out. Have you noticed how fast and hard this news is coming out now from the mainstream? We're going to get into uh, the comedian that fell and cracked her head open or cracked her head, her skull, and didn't think it was vax related and then found out, oh, Bob Saget. Had a, died of a contusion where he fell and hit the back of his head on something. I wonder why. The doctors couldn't figure out why she fainted, but they're sure that Bob Saget definitely didn't have COVID and faint. Oh yeah, and it came out in the autopsy. His heart was enlarged as well. Yeah, folks. All right, let's keep going. And I told them, I said, well, what if I went to the public? What if I went to other hospitals? What do you think they would say? He looked me in the face and I said, and he said, I strongly advise you against that. And he even told me 100% compliance was more important than my individual autonomy as a nurse. And that is a huge medical tyranny. Huge slap in the face. Medicare really sort of sets the table and sets the rules by which the hospitals operate financially and the other third-party payers that, uh, that reimburse the hospitals follow suit. And then after I got so public, basically other doctors, whistleblowers were coming to me to share information. So I've seen text messages, I've seen emails where Methodist Hospital threaten their doctors. You can and Dr. Mary Bowden is also... You know, she's filed this lawsuit, this FOIA um, request to Methodist Hospital to get records on 
oh, I think their their treatment protocols and so forth, and so that she can put some statistics together on what are they doing, how successful is it? Here's my numbers. Let's see who's doing a more effective job here of helping people with COVID. I mean, we know where that answer is going to go. Um, so, you know, like that's going on in the background as well. And they're fighting her on that. Not sign medical exemptions. You cannot talk about, you cannot report adverse reactions to these vaccines. And then if you do, and if somebody was actually brave enough to do that on writing, there were other people higher up to erase those. Those were not to be allowed on record. I have the proof and I have the people that have shown me these things. So Mary's getting those same whistleblowers now coming out and contacting her after news of the lawsuit broke. And I, I'm betting she's getting a flood of data. So might have to reach out and see if she wants to come, come on and talk about that or maybe slip me some data. <laughs> By the way, I, I, can, I can confirm everything you're telling me. I've heard yes. countless times from other nurses. Mm hmm. Okay. Cofactors is what this is about. So now we're going to get back and kind of steer a little bit towards um, what is AIDS? Like, how are they defining AIDS? Right. And it's really what these cofactors are is the disease. And this is this is Luke uh, Montagnier's theory, the guy who discovered HIV what he said in this documentary for the first time and only time was that AIDS doesn't, or, or sorry, HIV doesn't cause AIDS. That it's simply the secondary infection. He thinks it's the secondary infection that happens when people are compromised because of these number of different diseases or conditions that they might be dealing with right? Like their suppressed immune system is why the HIV virus, among others, is showing up, if that makes sense. So just with that context, I, I wanted to give you for, for these, this little segment. I'm a promoter of, of the role of cofactors uh, in uh, AIDS. Well, cofactors just says that the cause of a disease is uh, by more than one factor. Just simply being infected with HIV is not going to do it. You need certain cofactors. Cofactors are not necessary. Dr. Fauci would say HIV causes AIDS without the need for anything else. That's kind of ridiculous. The data that <laughs> indicate that any different type of infection like mycoplasma or something like that is a necessary cofactor. I believe those theories have been debunked. They the have been debunked. I've debunked them. We're not even going to discuss them. I can't tell you why they're debunked. I'm just going to tell you that they're debunked and then we're moving on. Next question. What does he mean that there are no cofactors? Where's he coming from? There's cofactors for everything. We've got the same thing happening today with these doctors and researchers and scientists. Cofactor implies something specific. And it, and it really gets us off into tracks that are wandering. Oh. Gallo. That was one of the officials, right, pushing the lie. Oh, that's going to take us off, off course here. We're trying to stay on track, all right? And the track is that HIV is the cause of AIDS. Uh, is it gonna is it gonna change his mind? 
if Fauci would say here's a billion dollar for alternative theories of AIDS, you wouldn't believe what's going to happen. A lot of HIV researchers overnight would find of, of would start cofactors. The first year they would call them cofactors of HIV, and the next year the co would be topped and HIV would be topped a year later. Pointing out this science, this whole peer review, double-blind, placebo-controlled science that they're engaged in now is basically uh, for sale to the highest bidder or lowest bidder, whatever. Like, who will show me this and I'll give you the money to show it. And they're trying to simplify this down, HIV, to this certain test that's not accurate. Same thing they're doing now. And they're now pushing this idea that everybody needs to go get tested. Why? We're, we're getting there. Peter is highly intelligent. He did excellent work. I mean, no wonder he got a full professorship in Berkeley and was nominated to the American Academy of Sciences. But I told you very frankly that he's killing people with his theories, and I still stick to that. They attack him. They attack his ideas, and they don't, and they, they present some bogus way of refuting what his science has said that doesn't really refute it. Peter Duisberg. Is that not the fact-checking of the last two years? The fact-checkers, of course, funded uh, by companies who hold stock, billions of dollars in stock, have a vested financial interest in the pharmaceutical drug cartels. So they fund the fact-checkers, of course, the CEO of Reuters doing the fact-checking, the big fact-checker. He's on the board of Pfizer. So you have all these conflict of interest. They don't disclose those. And what do they do time and time again? They will take the argument, drive it off track slightly, misrepresent it, or find the most extreme example and say, therefore, it's debunked even though the rest of it's true. So they try and sidetrack people into believing in their lie, to continuing to believe their lie. Yes. Oh. What his science has said, that doesn't really refute it. Peter Duisberg? Yes. Oh. <laughs> they are all prostitutes, most of them, my colleagues, to some degree, myself. You have to be prostitute to get money for your research. You're trained a little bit to be a prostitute. Science is for sale folks they'll they'll do whatever you ask them. they'll find whatever you ask them and that's this whole lie around the vaccines is built on this one measure that they've injected this stuff and number go up number go up good vaccines protect you that's their logic and it is a it is a absolute fraud. There's Dr. Mary Bowden. Oh, Prior to COVID, I was sort of the resource for second opinions. Since the pandemic, now I have become basically one of the few resources for patients in the fourth biggest city in the country to get early treatment for COVID. We were with. She, like that, her patients are afraid to come to go to the hospital because they're not acknowledging them because they've 
like except there, there's that's what we just went through is there's all this pressure to just conform just go along follow the guidelines you'll be protected everything will be all right and like nobody's willing to acknowledge that they're taking part in a holocaust that's what this is at the hospitals it felt like a partnership and we kind of felt like the insurers were the other side of things like we were kind of us against them but the hospitals started pooling together they started building these big organizations and now they are the most powerful entity at first it was you know my my pcp won't see me so they came to see me and ent i became the pcp and 80% of doctors out there work for these hospitals, which means they're following the hospital protocol, right? So that's why they're running to people like Mary, because she's willing to treat their symptoms like you would any other patient, like these doctors should be doing, but are refusing to because they're following orders. Uh, now it's people are terrified to go to the hospital. So I'm, I've become the emergency room. <laughs> I'm giving high-dose IV steroids. I'm giving, you know, 25 grams of IV vitamin C. But I am keeping people out of the hospital. And That push towards standardization that was beginning before COVID hyper-accelerated into some sort of totalitarian, top-down control of the practice of medicine. Dr. Marek just spoke about it. And that's Dr. Pierre Corey. He created the uh, FLCCC.org Frontline COVID Critical Care Alliance, I think, something like that, uh, which Mary is a part of. And they put out the Math Plus protocol. So those of you that are dealing with uh, COVID or dealing with vaccine side effects that are similar to long-haul COVID because, you know, it's the same uh mechanism causing the damage that the vaccine produces that's attached to the coronavirus. Um, they've got a protocol that can give you a, a good baseline to go from. The only thing I'd add to it is uh, niacin. I think niacin's a really important one as well as some, I think melatonin's in their schedule or in their uh, protocol. And uh, so is NAC. Th those three are, have really been key for me. Like I can tell when I'm not taking them versus when I am. The autonomy, the freedom, the liberty to, to make decisions using your decades of expertise and experience was removed. You were told to use this drug at this dose for this duration. I've and it is the NIH, the NIAID, the CDC that are creating these guidelines that become law or you get stripped of your ability to practice medicine. Do you see how all of these monopolies have come together to centralize their power and control uh, healthcare and force anything they want on us? I've never seen that happening. It's unprecedented. And the turning point for me when I really got angry was uh, a patient that his wife reached out to me. He's trapped in the ICU, a father of six, sheriff's deputy refuse to give anything, but you know, these, these hospitals give them low dose steroids. They give them six milligrams of dexamethasone, you know, three times a day. A lot of these hospitals won't even give breathing treatments. It's the six milligram is way too low to be an effective dose. And that's one of Pierre, uh, one of his points as well is that that protocol is what's causing most of the death. Ridiculous. They won't give them the vitamins. She sued. 
And the fact that these people, you know, we had studies early or first within the first couple months of this out so-called outbreak that people in the ICU, in the hospital, in the ICU or that died had, uh, were extremely all or 96, 84 to 96% of, of them, 84, I think was hospitalized 96 or whatever the numbers were, were, uh, ICU. They were vitamin D severely vitamin D deficient and like not once. And I was asking all through it. Why aren't they talking about the immune system? Why aren't they talking about vitamins? It's because if your vitamin D levels are sufficient, you are far more protected from COVID than if they're severely deficient. And like you, that alone might have been enough to kill the emergency use authorization, which required that they be able to that there not be any effective treatments in order to for this emergency use to be granted. So that's why they suppressed ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, didn't talk about vitamin C, vitamin D, and instead pushed a poison, pharmaceutical poison costing thousands of dollars, whereas the, you know, vitamins and, and so forth treatments cost pennies on the, you know, a few dollars to treat. And of course, with remdesivir, after the second dose, you have a 25% survival rate because it shuts down your kidney while they're filling you with IV fluid and drowns you in your lungs. And then they call that, well, that's not uh, the drug doing that. That This person caught pneumonia or I forget what they call it, but it's unbelievable. Unbelievable what's happening. The hospital to try to get her husband the medications he needed. I testified we won. The hospital refused to grant me privileges, even though I have a spotless record. And I was furious. <laughs> That's when it all changed for me, and I became, you know, I became thrust into the Mary. public because yes. of Methodist Hospital. <laughs> and she's, you know, one of my heroes because she's one of the people risking it all, her license and being attacked and getting dealing with complaints and so forth, for successfully treating patients that want her want her help. And of course, her most effective treatment uh, is, according to Mary, is the monoclonal antibodies, which the government has now completely shut down. That's just a coincidence, though, of course, right? And, you know, where does all this go? It's right here. This is a generate your new green pass based on your booster dose. Oh, did you think that once you got the two shots that you would be protected after that? Oh, sorry. No. Old green card pass will stop working from 30th of January, 2022, becoming inactive, and everyone needs to generate a new green pass, which will include a booster dose, which should open your eyes to the fact that this is abject medical tyranny. You will take, you will, it will rub the lotion on its skin or it gets the hose again. You don't have to take it, but we're going to hose you and leave you in this hole. That is the mentality behind this. That's why it's not like we've got all these politicians coming out now saying how, well, I'm going to, we're going to end the mandates. And like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Are you kidding me? 
you you just want to switch it off so that they can switch it back on the next time it's it's uh, convenient for them no we have to absolutely dismantle government's ability to ever 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 do anything like this again or you are pissing in the wind you are fooling yourself if you think well we just got to end these and that will fix it that that's actually going to happen you are living in a fucking fairy tale, believing in that these politicians are actually going to fix this problem with their current approach. These systems and structures have to be dismantled and competition and free choice allowed to reign in the land of the free on this planet. We have to free this planet. That's what the struggle that is going on right now. We're going to go through two years of hell, and this is what Cliff's talking about. We're about to have these people that are just absolutely going to lose it, lose their shit because the truth comes out that they've been poisoned, that they've got a few years to live. They might drop dead any day, and the government did it to them. They knew it. They did it to make money, and there's going to be some retribution taken and cliff was just saying stay out of the, just stay out of it let it happen you ain't going to stop it don't get in the middle of it and i've talked about that a number of times over the last couple of years that when this comes out these people will wish that they had gotten arrested by the authorities and and we're facing a military tribunal because the mobs are going to be ruthless like kick in your door uh, rape your your daughter, family in front of you, whatever. Leave them inside when they set after they loot your house. Leave the family inside. Take you out in the yard. Set the house on fire so you watch your family burn alive, and then burn you alive with a propane torch over twenty minutes. That's what's coming for some of these people. And uh, you know, Cliff's like, yeah, there's no stopping it. Just get out of the way and prepare and then we're going to have two years of hard life right of shit falling apart everything breaking down but in the process we know that this is an opportunity for us to grow as a species here and rebuild the world in a different way that actually works that's what's at stake here folks and this is where they're going they want the absolute control over your mind, over your body, over your movement, over your wealth. And they want to be able to help themselves and manipulate you in any way that serves their purpose. Please wake up. Over 80% of us are misdiagnosed with anxiety initially. And then months down the road, we get appropriate diagnoses. And that's when we are able to find doctors that are actually willing to go against the directive. Because like these physicians were discussing, their licenses have been threatened. And because their licenses have been threatened, we cannot get medical care. They are afraid to treat us. We have had patients who are severely injured and are dying who cannot get in the door to get seen by physicians because physicians are afraid of the word COVID vaccine. So instead, what they're doing is they've made us like Kyle Warner and myself 
and our membership of over 12,000 COVID vaccine injured. We are ground zero to take care of the COVID vaccine injured when we have highly qualified practitioners across the globe that have been silenced and threatened if they even so much as see us. So you have these eight. And I just want to add here, uh, the, what was it, frontline nurses organization that she represents or that she's referencing there. They do a call uh, where they have RNs that have been patient advocates. I th- actually, this is another lady. She's one of the vaccine injured. Never mind. We'll, we'll get there. Agencies that have politicized the medical system. It's violated the patient to physician trust. Yes. Um, and it's left us out on a lurch because we have nothing. And so for an example of that, as I've been fighting with Janet Woodcock at the FDA for the betterment of seven, eight months now, I've told her about the issues with the clinical trials. I've told her about uh, the fact that I myself, I am a preschool teacher, just to let you know, I'm not qualified as a medical professional whatsoever, but I have Ivy League physicians referring sick vaccine injured patients to me for medical care. So if that, that in itself doesn't tell Janet Woodcock that the system is broken, I don't know what will. And so if these people do not have appropriate medical resources because those doors have been closed by the NIH and the FDA and the CDC and the FDA. And all of their, their refusal to acknowledge these problems and to fire any doctors to deplatform, attack and strip of the ability to practice medicine of anybody who goes against the narrative. FDA and the CDC and the NIH know that this is happening to us, and they're still not doing anything to help remedy this situation, which it would be very simple for them to say, hey, I'm going to issue a communication through the American Medical Association to tell the physicians, your license will not be pulled for review if you address or acknowledge a COVID vaccine injury. Well, that's not consistent with their goals. That's the problem with that one. Over 80. Okay. The prime target for HIV is a T-cell population called CD4 helper T-cells. The way that the virus gets into the target cell, it fuses its membrane to the membrane of the cell. The prime target for HIV. Those are the little, um, the fusion, those are the little drill looking things. So we're going to get into some of the cellular microscopic. Can they see it? Do they have a sample of it type stuff? Oh, damn it. I'm not doing good with Ryan. the controls right now. There we go. Process. I don't think anybody. The way that the virus gets into the target cell, it fuses its membrane to the membrane of the cell. I don't understand the fusion process. I don't think anybody completely understands it. We have a relatively poor understanding of how viral proteins interact with proteins in the cell. Oh. How come our antibodies aren't able to keep HIV in check? It's an excellent question. That's one of the great stumbling blocks. They can't prove that HIV is the cause of AIDS, okay? They cannot prove that HIV is the cause of the collapse of the immune system, no matter how many scientific journals says it is. When you go to the basic research, it doesn't 
prove it. How HIV depletes the T cell so an individual advances to AIDS is uh, probably due to multifactorial elements. One is it will kill the cell eventually that it infects. Four minutes later? HIV does not necessarily kill the cells it infects. <laughs> One minute later? Some T cells are directly killed by HIV, <laughs> and other T cells keep the virus in check. It's a silent state within the cell. And I think... Uh, in so I guess he's saying this is a very adaptive virus here because it just does all these weird things. Some, some many cases, these cells can return to a normal function. Ryan, you know that um, the experimental data on the genome in the P53 in BRCA, can you explain that to everyone? Okay. Um, so they created kind of this, Matt Fauci created this kind of metric where T cell counts is the ultimate indicator, just like the antibodies to um, their vaccine, their spike protein are the ultimate indicator here of how, how protected you are, which has turned out to be a complete uh, lie. So what they've done is kind of lumped all these diseases together and created this morphine definition of what the disease is based on different parts of the world and different risk factors. Like if you've, if you've had uh, sex with a man, a gay sex with another man, um, then, then you're more likely to be positive than if you answer the question, no, that you haven't. Like that's what their science is based on to determine whether you have a disease or not. It's like, mm, what? Yeah, real quick. So we have G. Now here they're talking about, but, but the idea is you have this suppressed immune system. Now part of it, we're, we're going to get into why that is. But this is on the vaccine side. So what's happening with the vaccinated is they're showing up with uh, suppressed P53 and BRCA, which are components of the immune response. And he's uh, that's what Dr. Richard Urso is asking. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Ryan Cole, the, the lab guy that's been putting out the data and seeing these alarming 20x increases in endometrial cancers and certain other rare cancers and so forth. In our body, we have mechanisms in our body. We have bad cells in our body every day. Our body says, oh, I can kill that, knock it off, you know, shakes hands with every cell. You're gone, you're gone, you're a bad cell. There are genes, there are suppressor genes, P53. It's the guardian of our genome. What P53 does is it checks your DNA yes. before it replicates, and it makes sure that it's fixed. So P53 is the one tumor suppressor gene that is most um, tied to cancer because once there's a mutation in P53, the mutation rate just skyrockets, Correct. and you're going to develop enough mutations that that cancer is going to have a much more likelihood of becoming metastatic. Absolutely so, correct. P53 is the essential tumor suppressor. Now, do we know for sure that um, the spike protein is binding it and inactivating it so that it cannot make sure that your DNA is replicated um, effectively and, and without any errors? No, but that's why we should have tested these for cancer-causing potential 
before we started giving them to our kids. There's another breast cancer gene, BRCA gene. We know that the spike protein binds to the receptors for these genes and can activate them. That is a mechanism of the spike protein. So putting this spike protein in the human body via a, a gene shot that is completely Terrible investigational, idea. these are not approved. People have said these are mRNA vaccines. mRNA only always goes to protein, and we can't do anything. RNA can regulate your DNA. So when you put an mRNA vaccine or RNA into your body, it can get in, and it can be alternately spliced, it can bind to your DNA, and it can regulate it. For positive or for negative, it can change your gene expression, and there's stuff in there that can do that either intentionally or unintentionally, and we don't know. It's completely unethical because we... So that, that's Dr. Christina Parks, and what she's saying there is an important concept to grasp as well. So we have this whole thing where the fact checkers are like, no, it doesn't change your DNA. And she's saying, yes, it does. Maybe not by altering your physical DNA, but what this shot does. And we talked about this in last week's show with the read through problems and, and things associated with that. It modifies the expression of some genes, whether or not it, you know, the, it gets into the whole phenotype stuff. And Walter Chestnut this week is kind of thinking every exposure to spike protein lowers your life expectancy. So the more of the spike proteins that you're exposed to, the faster it acts on you. And he's expecting to just see this continual ramp up, which is kind of what I think is happening right now. Because I've been, you know, watching sort of the, the pace of this and it's definitely accelerating in the last few weeks. Okay, let's finish. They're just beginning to understand MR, the RNA silencing where these RNA molecules regulate our DNA. So that makes it completely we, 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 unethical to use this technology. Because it alters DNA, the expression of it, not the physical structure of it. Of course, the spike protein is getting into the nucleus of the cell where it's disabling these things. That's something they're not talking about either. They say, well, the mRNA doesn't get in the cell. What about the spike protein? Because we've got the immunostaining uh, studies that show it does, that that is what's happening. When you look at the symptoms that they talk about, you know, for people that are HIV positive, you find that some of them, they are more related to malnutrition. The nutrition is not very equilibrated, they are in oxidative stress, even they are not infected with HIV. So their immune system doesn't work well already. So that was Luke pointing out that the poor, the people in these slums and so forth, they're constantly under threat of viruses and poor conditions and food that's not clean or water that's not clean. So their immune system is degraded because it's constantly being attacked. People are hungry, they're underdeveloped, there are no hospitals, there's no proper medical care. You take away poverty, you, you're giving people an ability to fight infections. Why have we done nothing for African people, just like give them clean water so they don't die yeah. in infancy of diarrheal disease and stuff like this? All we care about is HIV AIDS. Well, question, well, there's money in it, there has to be, you know, other dynamic working to lead public interests to the African situation and ignore 
clean water, sanitation, malaria. I mean, things that kill people. There are other ways you could produce a condition that looks like AIDS, but they too will be some source that causes a severe uh, defect in the immune response. There have been a number of theories as to what the origin of HIV AIDS is. One of them oh. was... Oh, we've got another origin theory, just like we had a theory about the origin of the coronavirus with Fauci, where he sent who? Peter Daszak. Now, I've replied to the, or described this guy to you as the cutout, right? Cutout's a term used by CIA. It's a front company for them to funnel money through and do things out in the world without it being tied to the CIA. Well, it, so that's how I described Daszak, who took gang of his buddies, fact, Facebook fact checkers and all, off over to get to the bottom of the, la of the coronavirus origin theory provided it was from a natural source, from bats 1,500 miles away in a cave. And the lab leak theory was not on the table for discussion. So I've described that guy as a cutout, and it turns out one of his coworkers was approached by him and said, the CIA wants me to work for them. Do you think I should? And then later came back three more times and told him about things he had done for the CIA. So he is literally the Manchurian candidate or, you know, one of these, these uh, recruits from Spotworthy to push the CIA's agenda. Are you seeing what's going on here yet, folks? What am I doing? Condition that looks like it. No. There are other ways you could produce a condition that looks like AIDS, but they too will be some source that causes a severe uh, defect in the immune response. There have been a number of theories as to what the origin of HIV AIDS is. One of them was a theory that certainly turned out to be completely incorrect, that it's a lifestyle phenomenon. Now, he pushed the um, he pushed the you can get AIDS from the toilet seat back in this time too, right? That's that was Fauci's rumor. Now here we are in San Francisco, and they have these things called poppers. That's like a sex drug that they all like to sniff. It says do not swallow poison on it. It's totally not good for you. And what were these guys dying of? A respiratory infection. You're talking thousands of partners, sometimes hundreds, you know, per month. Lots of antibiotic use, lots of... Creating, like, uh, you know, escape pressure, right? Because only the viruses that are against that can fight those overcome those antibiotics are the ones that are going to survive um drug use and you know the result where people were getting pretty sick there's a drug called amyl nitrate that was developed in the 1850s and 60s came in ampules and they became known as poppers because you'd pop them 
when you open these ampules up to sniff them when you had coronary artery disease. The first AIDS cases, for example, that Mike Gottlieb reported uh, were all five gay men. They were young. They all used poppers. Poppers, something you walk around huffing all night. I mean, it, it says flammable, uh, fatal if swallowed on the side of the bottle. They're walking around huffing it all night long. Why? Gives you a great rush. Poppers was a sex drug. They were in every gay bathhouse, every bar, every porno bookstore across the nation. Poppers were visible on the dance floor in the discos. I remember the first patient that I ever saw, my resident brought me to see a, a young gay man with pneumocystis pneumonia. I knew a little bit about the use of poppers or amyl nitride inhalants. And I started asking the patient if he used them, and it turned out that he was a very heavy user oh, yeah. of amyl nitrites. And much to the surprise of my students, I said, I think the man probably has destroyed his pulmonary immune system by inhaling this toxin. What and then because his immune system is suppressed, he's now susceptible to catching HIV, which they can then blame and label AIDS and say, oh, I've got another AIDS victim here and it's transmitted by sex, even though the 10-year study showed that married partners that were still having sex, zero caught HIV in that study. How is that possible? Exactly caused Kaposi sarcoma. We know that now. It was amyl nitrite. We saw KS decline, interestingly parallel to the decline in popper use. We now know that Kaposi's sarcoma is caused by a second virus. So there you go. When that declined, AIDS went down the tubes with it. Calling it a disease, see? And to give it that name, AIDS. So everything's included under that, and you don't have to just say, I mean, if you just said, you know, these people are getting a lot of weird diseases, all kinds of diseases, it wouldn't have had the same impact. It was much better to say there is an infectious organism on the loose in America, and it could get you. What can I tell you? You know, I mean, it, it exists. Yeah, well, said he had all these viruses, and it was a lie. I think HIV totally has turned out not to be the cause of AIDS. HIV has turned out not to be. Gelderbloom's images, said to come from isolated HIV cultures, provided no proof for HIV's existence. Okay, so this is where he goes in and goes after, where can I see HIV? I mean, you guys have looked at this under the microscope, right? You've identified it. Who's got the pictures? So I asked... Watch how they respond. Nobel laureate Dr. David Baltimore and Dr. Robin Weiss, how they would isolate and photograph this elusive virus. Well, I didn't Dr. Gallo do that? I mean, he actually isolated it, so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why should I do all of this? This is all textbook stuff you're asking me. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what's behind your question about isolation. I don't want to be your textbook, you know? I got other things to do. They're embarrassed. The scientists have been embarrassed about this. They know that it's flawed. In 1980, and we have potentially, and I don't know what the real answer is. I'd have to defer to my 
science science advisors, Jinky the Mouse, and some others to to talk about this more intelligently than I can. But it's interesting to me to note that we have exactly the same thing where the universities requested samples of the virus. They got influenza A and B and they're suing. We have other scientists saying we've genetically sequenced it. It's real. It's fine. What are you talking about? So I, I don't know what the answer is. I'm just noting the coincidence here that this is going on with HIV, which has been their trial run of this lockdown medical tyranny rollout. And we have the same thing going on with SARS-CoV-2. Seven, the CDC made two mind-boggling changes in the definition of AIDS, which are in effect today. You can be diagnosed with AIDS without ever having an HIV test. In a World Health Organization publication, Dr. Chin writes, it should be emphasized that the surveillance definitions for AIDS were not intended to be reliable indicators of HIV infection. So now we're going to get into the testing. Call oh, wait, is this the one? Hang on, I just want to make sure I didn't skip. Calling it a disease, see? And to give it that name, AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do have some credibility here because I did create this technology. I do know in detail. And that's Dr. Robert Malone. He's talking about the mRNA technology that he, you know, found one of the early keys getting it into the cell to make this possible in the first place, right? <laughs> we moved off of trying to develop further these mRNA and DNA complexes. Um, based on our work in non-human primates and in mice, we spent years trying to advance this technology. Many, many different catenic lipid formulations, compounds tested, screened for toxicity. We could never overcome the hyperinflammatory characteristics of these uh, polynucleotide lip catenic lipid complexes. We could never get there. They assert that the inclusion of the pseudouridine reduces the inflammatory response, but the the data show that that is a marginal decrease. I'm confused on this part right here because in the Pfizer document, they say that the pseudouridine, I think it's Pfizer, maybe Moderna, but they say it's to allow the mRNA to gain entry into the cell, that it's a transfectant. I don't, I'm not sure why Dr. Malone is saying, uh, you know, it's to reduce the immune response. I think it's probably both. Um, he's, you, he's always very, very particular in his answers. He wants time to, you know, properly put it cause he's constantly under attack and has to be very deliberate in his speech. And he'd probably hate this edit that I've done, <laughs> but it's a seven minute topic. I had two minutes to put it in. So their competitor in Germany has shown very good res immune response without the pseudouridine. So you're right. Pseudouridine is a synthetic compound. The logic is that incorporation of pseudouridine reduces the inflammatory response, but the inflammatory response is still there. And we are clearly seeing not only. So it reduces the inflammatory response, but it's still there. And what he's, I think missing when he when he was at this hearing was the whole problem of read through, which we covered in last week's, where the pseudouridine converts the stop codons into sense codons, and it 
it runs the risk of continuing to produce proteins into the, th the three prime UTR area, the kind of footer part where there's human mitochondrial DNA, which is extremely dangerous because it sets up the condition where you're producing this thing, you're training your immune system to attack, and it's got pieces of you in it that will then train your immune system to start attacking you. That's the risk. And of course, there's also the misfolding uh, problems and so forth. So potentially very dangerous. He says he's not that worried about it, but I don't know if he understands all of it. I do have some credibility here because I did create this technology. Oh, <laughs> I do. So their competitor in Germany has shown very good res immune response without the pseudouridine. So you're right, pseudouridine is a synthetic compound. The logic is that incorporation of pseudouridine reduces the inflammatory response, but the inflammatory response is still there. And we are clearly seeing not only um, specific effects associated with spike protein, but non-specific effects associated with liponanocomplexes. How do we know that? What when? He says lipid nanocomplex. This is again his specificity. He's talking about the lipid nanoparticles, but he's using the word complex to kind of illustrate the point that it's not like one compound. It's a kind of a combination of three or more different things that they're kind of swapping in and out to try and find something that doesn't poison the the patient, right? Like with the pigs, the pegylated lipids, when they injected those, the first time it was okay. The second time the pigs started having heart attacks, right? So he's using this uh, lipid nano complex to illustrate really that point that there's all different ingredients kind of in these lipid nanoparticles uh, as they're referred to. Because Moderna um, gave us a presentation to their stockholders recently where they rolled out their phase one data on their influenza vaccine candidates that are using the same technology platform. 90% of the subjects had adverse events compared to 30% in the placebo group. This is phase one data. But what it clearly demonstrates is that the catanic lipid RNA complexes have intrinsic toxicity above and beyond just that associated with the spike. So when we get into these arguments about, is it spike, is it the lipids, blah, 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 it's both, okay? We, we have a tendency to get binary. It's either this or that. No, it can be both. So, and I was, I was pleased to hear that because that's the, one of the points that I've made is you've got the damage of the spike protein and you've got the damage of the lipid nanoparticles and what happens to those in your body after you get injected with the vaccine. And, and that's where all of these menstruation problems are coming from because in females it collects in the ovaries and males it's more in the heart. That's why we have increases in both of those groups in heart conditions and menstruation problems in females because of where the lipid nanoparticles end up, okay? And that's kind of what he was breaking down there. Any drug active on the HIV will be toxic because it's not 100% specific of the HIV enzymes. So he's pointing out if it doesn't have the specific HIV enzymes that it would be toxic, any drug that they're trying to use against it. When we switched over to the university, then the dose. So this is a family. They go over, I guess can't have kids. They go over, adopt a baby. The baby's tested for HIV. It tests negative before it leaves the country. It gets back here. They run some routine tests and go ahead and, you know, throw in a 
HIV test for test everybody. And, oh, we've got some bad news. Your baby has tested positive for HIV. And we're going to need to get it on some medication that's going to make it really sick. They didn't say that part, but that's what happened. Siege of AZT went up, and that's where she started flattening out on her uh, growth chart. The doctors would try to put a, a positive spin on how well she was progressing. It was... Right. Just imagine how bad it would be if you weren't vaccinated. It was mainly in the T cells that weren't always a positive situation. Yeah, the T cell count would go down, and then the doctors would say, well, maybe we better raise that AZT dosage, get that T cell count back up. We're going, I think it's kind of making her sick because she doesn't want to eat. She's having leg cramps. And they'd say, well, it's the HIV, and that's what it does. It's all part of the package. That's it's. You've got COVID. You're lucky that you are vaccinated. You better get a booster shot, you know, just to top up your protection because you may not be protected enough because that's what vaccines do. They don't stop illness or provide immunity. They offer protection and you probably need some more protection. So take another shot. I, I know the, the last one made you sick. And then the, this one's likely even worse because we've upped the dose and messed with some things, but that's fine. We're okay with you dying. We considered the FDA not giving us these things as being anti-gay. Mass formation. Instead of being responsible. And so we went and we lobbied and we pushed for all these things. And we didn't think clearly about what it was we were asking for. It's like that saying, be, caref be careful what you ask for, it may come to pass. That's the very the poison. reason why everybody believes HIV is a deadly virus because the HIV-positive patient at that time got a deadly treatment. What are the COVID-positive patients now getting? Remdesivir. What happens after, 70, after your second dose? 25% survive. 75% of those people die. That's, what, that's the drug that Fauci used to claim, oh, these, he, in, the, in the middle of their remdesivir treatment, oh, we've got a COVID pneumonia here. This person died. Not that they... The drug shut down their kidney and they were pumping them with IV solution that drowned them in their own fluids. That's not the problem. It's COVID pneumonia. Same playbook. They're just doing it all over again to the whole world this time. Despite the billions spent on the drug, tens of thousands of people with AIDS have died. And now a growing number of studies are questioning the drug's usefulness. Of course, he, Fauci got orphans without a legal guardian to participate in these medical trials, like totally unethical, illegal. The guy is going to be remembered as worse than Hitler when the truth comes out. And if you hadn't seen him, <laughs> you know, I keep pausing, I'm pausing. If you haven't seen him in his last interview, he was not looking good. His eyes were sunken way in. He was looking a little, not as sharp as he normally is. I don't know what's going on. Probably tremendous stress because the truth is coming out. Any drug active on the HIV would be toxic because it's not 100% cells that weren't. And they'd say, well, it's the HIV and that's what it does. It's all part of the package. 
we considered the FDA not giving us the spent on the growing number Oh, okay. We finished that. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Now, what's happening? Listen to this funeral director in Australia. Man, these really So what were you saying? Um, definitely a lot happening. Um, if people only realized they could step one day into the amount of babies, people, the babies that we're doing, um, um, young young men, all um, heart attacks, strokes, blood clots, um, and the odd thing we're finding is the paperwork is um, inconclusive and unknown. It's what they're dying of. Uh, no services, straight to the um, furnaces, um, and then the, the people are getting the ashes back with the urn. Um, but we're flat out picking up. Uh, some of the places are actually instilling extra large uh, freezers that hold a minimum of 20 and uh, some of them are ordering eight big containers that each hold, hold 20 bodies. So, um... 160 dead in the queue is kind of like what their is capacity they think they need. And that's what, for a few days? Of course, remember John O'Looney telling us the UK, they're building those mortuaries all around uh, the country. Everyone just needs to realize, don't do it, man. Look at it from us. We've had enough. We don't want to see the little kids that are getting jabbed, which we're waiting. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come. It's going to be the next thing coming, 100%. So um, babies are enough. Mm. Where are you located? Now, this is a text message from Dr. Vladimir uh, Zinko, uh, or Zelenko, sorry. And he's, you know, he was one of Trump's doctors. And um, let me, let's see, I'm going to blow that up. There we go. And so he's one of Trump doc, Trump's doctors. He's been, he's got his own protocol. He talks about actually um, bisoqueritin and like the, the vitamin C that I take has um, quercetin in it. And what that does, it talks about a methylation process that allows zinc to get gain entry into the cells where it can be put to use and really boost your immune system. And so that's why I suggest, you know, those of you that are fighting long COVID or vaccine injured, make sure that you're not getting China vitamins, right? Like we're at war with China right now. Don't <laughs> buy their shit to supposedly take care of your health because that's not their motivation. So find somebody good. And like, that's a, a really good indication that there's bioquiseratin in that it's a derivative of, of like apple peels and something else, which, hydroxychloroquine, same kind of thing, but with grapefruit, I believe. 
uh, or a number of different citrus fruits. So, you know, find some good vitamins. He's somebody that you can, can go to, to, um, come up with a protocol as well. There's math plus as well as this guy, what he's pointing out here. He says, according to Israeli funeral directors, Oh, let me go back to there. The number of dead, especially younger people has overwhelmed their capacity to give everyone a proper burial. It's exactly what the lady in Australia was just saying. Israel has the most four booster vaccinated people. Israel, uh, Israeli people are not dying from Omicron. They are dying from vaccine-induced AIDS. The vaccine destroyed the immune systems of the Israeli people. What the Nazis started, the Israeli government is finishing death by vaccine. Israeli just awarded its highest prize, the Genesis Award, to Pfizer CEO Albert Borla. The guy who, I don't even know if he's human at this point. If you haven't seen the video of his neck doing this thing, I've tried. I can't make my neck do that. It like, it looks like, I'm all, what in the hell is that thing? Cause I don't, I don't even, I'm not, not even sure it's human quite honestly. And, and seriously, of course, we're going to get into what's happening with the Moderna CEO here. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Um, but this echoes, sorry, that right there echoes what we saw or what we heard from the Australian funeral director. Same thing. They're dealing with all these young people dying from the vaccine. <sighs> okay, Pierre Corey here. My strongly held expert opinion as someone who's been treating COVID in hospitals and ICUs for now almost two years is that the proximate cause of death of nearly everyone in the hospital is the severe, persistent, and pervasive underdosing of corticosteroids. The standard NIH-recommended guideline dose is dexamethasone at a dose of six milligrams a day. That dose is less than I give my 80-year-old patients with emphysema who are wheezing. These are patients on ventilators, and we're giving them anemic and pathetic doses of steroids, and they die. They die and they die, and they keep coming into my ICU, and I look at their record of what they were treated with in the hospital, and they're stuck on this anemic dose of steroids. So why would that happen? Why would that happen? Why aren't doctors thinking and saying they're sicker and escalating doses? I don't know why. It's this totalitarianism. The dose that's being used helps the few and fails the many. We now have almost a dozen trials testing higher. It certainly helps the people running the program, doesn't it? Because they get to pick out the winners and the losers. Doses of different drugs. We know, we have lots of evidence to show that methylprednisolone, which is another corticosteroid, is far superior to dexamethasone. We know that higher doses of that work better, yet the system just chugs on. And so it's my belief that low dose was tested for one reason, one reason only. I think it was a corrupt exercise, and I'll tell you why. And this corruption has now been well described. They fix trials. They, they can design yes. trials to fail to disprove the use of cheap medicines. That grant money, it's a powerful motivator. And they can make Remember the scientists saying we're all prostitutes? 
make things appear that they don't work. I believe that that low dose, which is perpetrated and propagated worldwide in the care of the COVID patient, was held artificially low so that they could re leave room for much more expensive and novel and patented cytokine blockers so that they can enforce the use of more expensive and profitable medicine. And again, I'm just gonna keep doing it all day until the people listen, until we understand we can upend the system. It's a corrupt exercise. The practice of medicine has been corrupted. It's been co-opted and corrupted. Correct. And it's these monopolies that are working together to push this medical tyranny, to roll out their medical tyranny upon all of us. At the same time, they're trying to roll out financial tyranny. That's what this whole $600 um, reporting requirement to the IRS is all about. They're trying to bring in their CBDC where they can control what you buy, where you buy, uh, when you're allowed to buy, how much tax you pay, and they'll just take it out of your account in real time whenever they need to. What penalties you must pay because you've done something we disapprove of. I mean, this, this whole system is perpetual slavery for humanity. And, and that's what's happening in Canada and around the world. That's why these people are out there. And if you don't recognize that, you're blissfully unaware of the threats that we face right now, that humanity faces. My... Okay, here's Dr. Ryan Cole. This is uh, the day before that hearing when they did their public event. And he's talking about what he's seen. So this is a little bit of an update I wanted to play you. Well, it all started out with seeing a common little viral caused skin lesion. And all of a sudden after the vaccines rolled out, I started seeing this virus that causes this little bump, usually in kids, started starting to appear in adults. And I thought, what would cause that mechanism? And then as more biopsies started coming in, I started seeing an uptick in women's uh, cancers of the endometrium, of the cervix, in older ages that I normally don't see at rates I normally don't see. So, you know, I see about 40,000 biopsies a year. That's a lot for a doctor. But we'll need about a million and a bunch of labs to get together. You know, so everybody says, well, that's only an anecdote. You know, that's not data. You know, it's not a study. I'm like, but it's a pattern. And how do we do science? You observe. And then you put a, a, an experiment together and then you, you know, write the paper. Unfortunately, these are humans. We don't have time to be writing the paper. If I'm seeing something and my colleagues are seeing something, we need people to know, look, there are risks involved. You know, the, the benefit has to be higher than the risk. We know these shots aren't working. I mean, they're failed now. Now that Omicron's here, the shots are completely failed. The shot they still are telling people to get a booster it's a spike protein that's toxic to the human body that causes the same disease as the virus and is predisposing people to autoimmune attacks and potentially short-term cancer risks. I have tons of oncologists after I reported those coming forward and saying, yeah, I'm seeing the weirdest cancers and cancers that we've been able to keep in check and treat taking off like wildfires, going stage two, stage three, stage four, like that. And that's because of the immune dysregulation that these shots cause. Hit the nail on the head with that one. That's the real risk here. So does it cause AIDS, HIV, 
I don't think so. I mean, is that even a relevant question is the answer to the show title, right? Is that even a relevant question? Does it matter? Is HIV really the thing that causes AIDS? No, it's this catch-all that they've used to scoop up and create and capture 30, 50, $100 billion over the last few decades to dole out to their buddies, right? That's what AIDS is, or that's what HIV is. AIDS is, you know, all of this amalgamation of whatever they've been able to group in and rope in. And so the fact that they're calling it out, we've, st we've still got to get to that. I don't want to give too much away here, but the fact that they're calling it out now is for this reason. Okay. Well, and so we've collected the data from all of these patients across the country from which we this is the uh, America's, American Frontline Nurses. We have been helping patients because I formed the organization American Frontline Nurses. And the so they do calls, I think it's like five bucks, and they do them, I think, at three different times on certain days of the week or so, their, their schedules on their website. And you, those of you who are vaccine injured, whatever, you can get on the phone with one of their registered nurses and talk through whatever I, I think I've never been on one, but I saw that. So I know there's a lot of y'all out there that are vaccine injured that have questions like Sam, what the hell do we do? What should I be taking? That's why I'm trying to lay out math plus from FLCCC. Uh, uh, there's the Dimitri's protocol with niacin and melatonin and um, a lot of other different things. There's uh this woman here who can help and I want you to hear what she's battling advocacy network so nurses could advocate for these patients and all of this data pool shows that as these patients get remdesivir they have a less than 25 percent chance of survival if they get more than two doses now they're rolling it out on children as well and into the nursing homes or school nursing facilities as early so okay I need to correct that I guess that's three on the third dose so because she said more than two doses so if they get a third dose, only 25% of those are going to survive. Prevention, when as Dr. Pierre Corey and Dr. Merrick have already demonstrated that there are cost-effective medications out there, and we are going to see the amplification of death across our country. Two yes. days ago, I, f I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. See, we still have these doctors who are refusing to acknowledge reality because they're just doing their job, just following the guidelines. I don't want to stick my neck out. And that is a huge, huge fundamental systemic flaw in the current system. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates at American Frontline Nurses to help advocate because as you've seen, there is victim shaming that it does, oh, it's anxiety, oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed. So it gets labeled as anxiety 
or neuropathy or another financial motivator there to control behavior, to control the statistics, to make it look like, nope, it's not vaccine injury, it's something else. Completely fraudulent, manipulated scam. What these people are doing is criminal, and this is coming out, and people are going to freak the fuck out when it breaks. Or Guillain-Barre syndrome, when in actuality, it's very realistically a vaccine injury. Now, I'm not, uh, even though I founded American Frontline Nurses, I've traveled extensively to South America, India, and South Africa, working in hot zones, stopping the spread of the virus, and working with early intervention. And nowhere in those countries, in developing nations, do I see these issues that we see here in the United States. Which correlates with, you know, the data that we see out of India and Japan doing far better than the fully vaccinated places. Okay. Do not endorse section, which includes medications that may cause harm and efficacy is not supported in peer-reviewed published RCTs. I know we've played this before in a previous show, but I want to hit it again here real quick. They are controlling which medications can be prescribed. You need to understand that too. That was not just to silence the opposition, but to get rid of the cure, a treatment, so that they could justify the emergency use authorization to roll out this depopulation agenda. Because that's what this is, folks. This is CIA-backed depopulation. These medications will not be verified. And I wouldn't even be surprised if Moderna, the company that's never released a successful product but got, you know, a billion dollars plus in investment, if they're also one of these CIA cutout companies. Because the CEO, and we'll get to this, has been dumping his stock, withdrew $400 and then yesterday deleted his Facebook profile or sorry, not Facebook, his Twitter profile, probably on the advice of counsel. Wonder what's going on there. Or dispense for the prevention or treatment of COVID. This list includes ivermectin, bicalutamide, etopsicide, fluvoxacorbic acid. They banned vitamin C. My hands were tied. As a clinician for... Or banned him from... Prescribing vitamin C? The first time in my entire career, I could not be a doctor. I could not treat patients the way I had to be to treat patients. I had seven COVID patients, including a 31-year-old woman. I was not allowed to treat these people. I had to stand by idly. I had to stand by idly watching these people die. I then tried to sue the system. And you know what they did? They did something called peer sham review. It is a disgusting and evil concept. They then accused me of seven most outrageous crimes that I had committed and that I was such a severe threat to the safety of patients, they immediately suspended my hospital privileges because I possessed and posed such an outright threat to these patients. 
ignoring the fact that under my care, the mortality was 50%, those of my colleagues. And the end result was I lost my hospital privilege and was reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank. So here I was standing up for patients' rights, and this hospital, this evil hospital, ended my medical career. So that's what they do. It's an outright outrage. It's evil to the core. Mm -hmm. So we've got three whistleblowers who've given me permission at this point to share their name. Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa do Long, DOMPH, Dr. Samuel Sigloff, and no. Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Peter Chambers, DO and flight surgeon. Uh, we have do substantial no data showing uh, miscarriages increased by 300% over the five-year average. Oh, boy. I probably just broke it. <laughs> Hold on. I've got a video that got laid over the top of another one. I'm going to see if I can fix it real quick because that is um, as attorney Tom Rance, and he is talking about they've got this DOD data, which is kind of best in class. Um, yeah, I think it's this one right here. Yes. Okay, now we can go back to right there. And so we've got three whistleblowers go. who've given me permission at this point to share their name. Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long. Now, she's the, the uh, flight surgeon who used to be in charge of all the pilots, grounded two of them in one day, blew the whistle, and they only allow her to see healthy patients now because she would have grounded all the pilots if it were up to her, if she were following her duty as their medic, as their doctor. D-O-M-P-H, Dr. Samuel Sigloff, and Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Peter Chambers, DO and flight surgeon. Uh, so one of her peers, apparently, is also coming out now. Uh, we have substantial data showing uh, miscarriages increased by 300% over the five-year average, almost. Uh, we saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average. Cancer is not being talked about except for by Dr. Ryan Cole. Thank you, doctor. Uh, we saw, this one's amazing, neurological. So f neurological issues which would affect our pilots. Over a thousand percent increase. A so thousand. Ten times. That's ten times the rate, and obviously that resonates. 83,000 per year, to, I'm sorry, 82,000 per year to 863,000 in one year. Our soldiers. That is insane. That is an insane increase. That is a blaring, alarming safety signal that is just being swept under the rug. And now they're going back and actually changing the records to eliminate the evidence. It is disgusting what these people are doing. They are engaged in a Holocaust and they're trying to cover it up. And we're about to get to the reason where this is going. Soldiers are being experimented on injured and sometimes possibly killed. Dr. Corey, thank 100%. you so much for your stance on the corruption. That's precisely what it is. They know this, and Senator, they're watching these vaccines. On that date, and around that date, I have numerous instances where Fauci and that entire crew were saying, it's a crisis of unvaxxed. It's 99% unvaxxed in the hospital. In Project Salus, in the weekly report, the DOD document says specifically, 
71% of new cases are in the fully vaxxed and 60% of hospitalizations are in the fully vaxxed. This is corruption at the highest level. We need investigations. The Secretary of Defense needs investigated. The CDC needs to be investigated. And thank you so much, Senator, for having the courage to stand against these special interests. So, no, we're, we're past the investigation stage. It needs dismantled and done away with at this point. So absolutely beyond redemption. So, so here's Moderna dumping his shares, 400 million here recently. And of course, don't forget, this is a very touchy topic for Twitter. Here's one of two on two different accounts uh, mentions where I talk about the spike protein. This one I'm tweeting to someone, well, given the three HIV inserts added at the binding sites and the FCS from the 2017 Moderna patent, all popping into SARS-CoV-2 for the first time ever, down-regulating BRCA and P53, I'd say it's pretty clearly a bioweapon designed to depopulate humans. And well, they didn't, they didn't like that one very much and banned my, suspended my account for seven days. The other one was also talking about shedding of the spike proteins. So this is a very touchy topic to them. And Facebook, what are, what's their big solution? They built the largest AI computer ever, most fastest computer in the world right now, to be able to scan through video and audio content looking for misinformation. At the same time, Homeland Security is basically saying if you, if you spread misinformation counter to the narrative that you are a domestic terrorist. Like they are literally right here and my opening quotes doing exactly that. Taking away people's ability to engage in free speech. Anybody who threatens the government, well, I'm telling you, the government's an ineffective dinosaur that needs to be put down. And we need to evolve into a society that values freedom and liberty and personal choice, empowers the individual instead of groups of corrupt genocidal maniacs, sociopaths and psychopaths who have no connection to reality from controlling us and manipulating our lives and pushing their agenda instead of you having the ultimate control over your life, over your decisions. So where are they going with this? Well, right here, Dr. Lin Fen, fan account. Yes, as predicted, they found the jab adverse event scapegoat. A PCR will be primed to detect the HIV surrogate markers from the spike in the shot. That's you know what she's talking about, the spike protein at the very beginning that we opened the show with. Um, this will be the birth of some media super HIV strain. Now, they've already primed the pump on that one with the story that we read in the last show about the Netherlands strain that's become super infectious all of a sudden. Like, why could that be? Could it be that these people are vaccinated, a lot of them, and their immune system is suppressed and can't fight viruses? 
So they're going to create this super HIV strain that many will test positive for. Of course, we know what a sham the testing is, just like the COVID testing. This will be the blame for all the COVID vax adverse events. So I've told you guys over and over again, they know the vax, the, the vaccine injuries are going to come flooding in and people are going to start dropping dead. They're trying to find a way to excuse it, right? And part of it has been that, well, we started with, it's normal for kids to have heart attacks. Let's put that on the side of buses and let's start having our media start writing stories about all the things that trigger heart attacks. Shoveling snow can lead to heart attacks. Watching sports can lead to heart attacks. Having sex can lead to heart attacks. Heart attacks in children are completely normal. Happen all the time. We literally had two high school kids drop dead on the court same night. Different schools, but two high school kids vaccinated, dropping dead. This is not normal, but they have to find a way to excuse that. And I've said, I don't know what it is. They're, you know, they're programming people, preemptively programming them to accept this new narrative here with all of these things that trigger HIV now. Now it's moving into HIV. Well, I think Dr. Fenn here just hits it right on the head. According to the WHO, HIV AIDS will be the leading cause of death by 2030. Notice the double speak. Cause of death will be called burden of disease. Ischemic heart disease equals blood clots. Unipolar equals persistent sadness. Probably caused the world and those running it are so effed up. So they're priming the pump, and that's what she's pointing out. They've got their fake HIV testing rolling out. That's going to generate all kinds of positive false positive, just like they did for COVID. Uh, so that way it won't be, you know, so obvious what we're doing here. And they, when these people start dropping dead, they make those symptoms of this new super infectious HIV strain. That's where they're going with it. And what she pointed out here a while ago, June 28th of 2020, You don't need to give someone a disease if you just give them the markers for the disease when a positive test changes their life course or their course or their life, meaning they start treatment, meaning the drug companies start profiting from all of this, right? Because that's what they're up to. They're out creating uh, all sorts of new mRNA technology. Here's a picture of Peter Dusenberg. He isolated the first um, cancer gene through his work on retroviruses in the 70s, 1970, and mapped the genetic structure of these viruses. Thus, his continued work on viruses resulted in his election to the National Academy of Sciences in 1986. He also received a seven-year outstanding investigator grant from the National NIH, National Institutes of Health, Dusenberg had made a name for himself in the scientific world. He's regarded as a specialist on viruses and retroviruses. He was the primary voice among those who argued that HIV is not the cause of AIDS. So one of their top guys, just like we have uh, with the editor of the journal of the, of the NEJM, I think Peter, I can't remember his name, 
but he's been a, a staunch critic of the current approach. They know, and right here, we've got the Justice Department signaling they're going to create these safe injection sites. They know what's coming. Major outbreaks of every virus and cancer in the vaccinated that will spread to the vaccine-free as well. These are going to affect everyone, right? So this is an effort in my mind to slow down the spread a little bit, to, to actually help and make it a little better. That's why they don't want these people sharing needles because you have all these communicable diseases going around. And that's going to make their problem of covering this up and trying to write this off as some kind of super AIDS that's killing the, the vaccine injured as, uh, you know, it's going to make it look worse of a worse problem for them. So doing this will lower the, the case counts for the stuff they're trying to hide. If that, hopefully that makes sense. And then here's their cancer cabinet. Mark my words, cancer cabinet will be used to give the pharmaceutical drug cartels immunity so they can kill, maim, and injure with impunity. Nice little rhyme there, huh? And of course, what are they doing? Well, here's mRNA for VEGF-A. And this is a protein that's produced in the heart and it uh, they're going to do this injection and the mRNA right into the heart where it will start having your cells produce this protein, which is great, right? because this shows some kind of benefit, right? <sighs> Cardiovascular diseases such as heart failure, we are collaborating with AstraZeneca on mRNA therapeutic that encodes VEGFA to promote recovery of cardiac function through tissue regeneration. And this is the equivalent when I see this kind of stuff. They're at the stage where they have no idea of the complex relationships that are going on. And I draw the analogy here. If you took a modern nuclear reactor back to the Victorian age and dropped it off with scientists who haven't even discovered radiation yet, that's the equivalent of what they're doing with people now. They have no understanding of the complexities involved. There's way too much that's still unknown. And they are using government to force this on people, to coerce people into accepting this, and to protect them when they hurt people with it. It has to stop. Of course, talked about the comedians a little bit. Let me get this straight. The doctors who couldn't figure out why triple-vaxxed Heather McDonald fainted are sure that triple-vaxxed Bob Saget hit his head on something in the hotel room, but certainly didn't hit his head after fainting. The autopsy showed he got hit, you know, like at this level in the center of the back of his head, so he passed out and fell backwards. His heart was enlarged. He had all these symptoms of vaccine injury. And that, you know, they don't know what happened to Heather. They can't explain when she went to the hospital. They couldn't explain why she fainted. But they were sure that Bob Saget just hit his head on something. Of course, here's a really interesting thing. I want y'all to listen to this. But so I don't have long to live. These are your favorites. I'm going to be found dead in bed. You better watch out. Um, so. So there's Bob Saget saying, I don't have long to live. This is 10, 27, 21. A few, a couple months before he died. Or I guess three, three or four months before he died and saying that he's going to be found dead in bed. 
And this gets into, you know, what Cliff High talks about, what Courtney Brown talks about, that time is not this linear thing like we experience it. It's one of many dimensions and like we have access to that. We just don't know how to access it, but these big events kind of ripple out in both directions and Cliff calls them, I think like temporal markers and the bigger the event, the more the waves come out. So the further out you can see something like when he first ran this data to where he saw sun disease, sun has a Corona, coronavirus. He had another language set for the Israeli mistake. He didn't know what that was. Well, it turns out that's them vaccinating their whole population and giving them four booster doses. That's the Israeli mistake. It's going to kill a lot of Israelis. We can, you know, like this stuff is real. Time is not this linear thing that we think it is today that most of you think of as reality. There's more to it and you can access it and learn to use these kind of techniques and technologies, remote viewing and some of the other things out there. Or you can, I don't know, live, live in your bubble. So then she finally puts the pieces together a little later and says, oh my God, Bob Saget hit his head and went back to sleep. I'm freaking out. Realizing, oh, I'm in the same boat as him. And that could have been me. Yeah. This is what's amazing to me. And I did get the booster, um, Mm -hmm. which I had double Pfizer and Moderna booster um, Mm -hmm. three weeks to the day of the fall. Is there anything that you've seen about time wise? Because, you know, when I asked the doctors (laughs) about that, they said, oh, normally. Okay, go ahead. Two Two to three weeks. Two to three. And of course, what does the data show us? There's a bump at seven days, a bump at 14 days and a bump at uh, 21 days, so seven-day intervals. There is a spike in the reports of vaccine injuries in VAERS. Three weeks is where you see really? a lot of this stuff. I have a friend, I have a friend that got the booster, and he, is dis- he got really destroyed by it. He still can't walk across the room. He's having all kinds of symptoms. There's a lot of funny stuff. Uh, we don't really know what it all is and where it's coming from, but it's still worth doing it. I'm not, I'm not at the point where I'm saying that it's, it's still worth the risk. And this guy's a doctor. There's a Dr. Drew. And he's, he still thinks it's worth the risk. What a fucking moron. I probably know more about this vaccine than this guy sitting on TV telling people they should get it. Still like at this point, but it's got a lot of funny side effects and, and syncope it's called fainting is one of them. And I think it's yeah. from the pot syndrome, P O T T S. And so, and I was worried what I wanted to check. He has no, I no fucking clue what he's talking about, what this spike protein is doing. The HIV inserts, the FCS, all of it, the Moderna patent, patented gene sequence in there. Because Moderna could very well be a CIA cutout who was using all of their research to build this bioweapon for the CIA and release it through China. That could be what we're talking about here. We are literally at war. They are trying to kill people off with this stuff. 
stay away from it. I think most of you know that by now. And if you're injured, if you took it, you need to be doing something about it. Following one of these protocols, fighting for your, for your health. Right. Please. Back was to make sure you didn't have any evidence of myocarditis. Um, you know, when you were, you which were, is, you know, that's why I wanted that, which is an inflammation of the heart and it changes the way the heart muscle okay. functions a little bit. And that's, that's, oh, shoot. that's why I was ha red hot on that echo. Which Bob Saget enlarged heart. That's myocarditis. Cardiogram. Right. Yeah. I mean, so. you know, what can I do now? Yeah. I, I mean. I don't think I'm going to get the fourth booster, though. I will say. No, you sure? That. <laughs> there, There is not. Yeah, I'm, there's not yet evidence. There's not I'm science done. for that I yet. Think I'm done right really now. If you were 80, if you were 80, we'd be talking. I, I literally talked about it to my 75 and 80-year-old patients this morning that I was telling them, eh, I think you're going to probably need it. You don't need it. There's no evidence for that. But the other thing that happened is you got a multi-million dollar stroke workup, man. They did so much. They did an MRI, MRA. They did you know vascular studies of your neck and your heart. They they did a great, huge workup on you. You must have been in that MRI scanner a lot. Yeah, I think I went in a couple times, and then the, they did ultrasound for the heart and the neck area. You know, they came yeah. in and um, yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I mean, that was my scary thing when they were like okay, you're going to spend the night in the ICU. And I was like, oh, geez, you know? And then they're like, and we have to give you this sponge bath and all this stuff so that you're ready to go in case we have to do a procedure. And I was like, whoa. I yeah, yeah. These people have no idea, no idea of the risks that they're taking because they've been lied to and deceived. It's, it's heartbreaking. Quite amazing how HIV and Vax adverse events symptoms overlap, fevers, chills, rash, muscle aches, fatigue, swollen lymph nodes. Yeah, exactly. Of course, what else are they doing? mRNA nanoparticles to restore P53, which is, you know, rarely a problem, right? Because the vaccine doesn't alter your genes at all. Improve immunotherapy response. So they're actually working on fixing the problems with more of what created the problems. Insanity. These people are insane. Meanwhile, Moderna here, or no, sorry, this is Pfizer. So Moderna CEO has cut bait and run. Like he's deleted Twitter, withdrew, taken out $400 million and no telling what's up with him. Pfizer they warned their shareholders here recently that uh, any other that, let me see where I want to start reading here, related to their manufacturing, no, uh, regulatory approval dates and or launch dates, as well as risks associated with preclinical and clinical data, including phase two and three data for comorbidity, MIRNA is in there. That's a, you know, that name is a code they're telling you what they're doing with this mirna one two or three uh or phase four data for comorbidity any other vaccine candidate in the bnt 162 program pavlode or any other future COVID 19 treatment in all of our studies in uh, pediatrics adolescents or adults or real world evidence including the possibility of unfavorable new clinical new preclinical clinical or safety data and further analysis 
of existing preclinical clinical safety data. So there's new evidence that's going to contradict what's in our reports. Oh, and if they look at our reports, they might figure out that we fucking lied to them. Or further information regarding the quality of, quality of, meaning we fabricated these reports and they're going to catch us. I don't even think they were real. Some of them were just synthetic, modeled clinical trials that they presented as the real thing. The quality of preclinical, clinical, or safety data, including audit and or inspections. The ability to produce comparable clinical or other results, like we can't repeat what we did because, well, it was fraud, including the rate of effectiveness and or efficacy because, well, it's no longer effective. Safety or... <laughs> Sounds like a ringing endorsement, doesn't it, for them to send to their investors? Tolerability profile observed to date in additional analysis of the phase three, blah, blah, blah. So they're screwed as well, warning their shareholders. And then we've got this woman. Uh, we we all need to work together. This is not something this country has ever seen before. I understand okay. Mark uh, Carney. The lockdowns, I think, is what she's talking about. Referred to it as sedition today. I think that's exactly oh. what it is. This is treason. This is oh. way bigger. This is a group of well. She's talking about the truckers. Polished professional people that are. Truckers, well-polished professional people. Trying to overthrow the gun. Oh, we've got an insurrection, ladies and gentlemen. The government of democratically elected government of this country. This is not, it's not a target on the city of Ottawa. It's much bigger than that. It's really an insurrection. It's it's an attack on our democracy. It's an attack on our federal government. It has a lot of international elements to it. The money is flowing. We're all fed up with this bullshit. Um, This is right out of the Trump playbook. Why are they so worried about Trump? Uh, we, uh, you know? My sister, who is a speech therapist in Maryland, just texted me the speech issues I see with three and four-year-olds that have been masked. I've never seen them before in 22 years. So much low muscle tone, drooling, unusual articulation errors on early developing sounds. The kid's whole mouth area was chapped from the drool accumulated around the mask. She can't achieve lip closure for the BM and P sounds because her lips are so chapped. Even if the kids were not masked, not all of the adults are masked, and the children can't see the oral motor movements made by the adults. They don't know how uh, that to produce the B sound, the lips have to come together. One child today didn't realize that you have to put your tongue behind your teeth to produce a T sound. This is a typical, this is typically developing child in all other areas. These types of articulation errors are usually seen in children who have uh, neurological impairments or, oh, sorry, nose is itching, or syndromes associated with speech lang- and language impairments. I've never had so many referrals in my life for young, healthy children with such severe articulation impairments. So, these masks are a terrible idea. They are dam- psychologically damaging. 
our children. They are developmentally damaging our children. They are physically damaging our children. How long are you going to let it continue? Okay. Previously, we knew that the mRNA, once you're injected with this, it's encased in the toxic lipid nanoparticle. We had picked up, there's a team that drew it from plasma four weeks after injection and got a complete gene sequence. So it's surviving at least to four weeks in the blood. Well, now we know, thanks to a new study that Jinky the Mouse has sent us, or has, has tweeted, uh, eight weeks post-vaccination in the lymph nodes, you can find the mRNA. Oh, and it messes with B-cell production and TFH, which is a signaling parameters tied to immuno, immuno uh, disease, basically. Dis- dysregulated in a number of diseases, excessive or influenced antibody uh, production. Circulating TFH numbers have been shown to increase in number if the blood of patients with, uh, in the blood of patients with autoimmune diseases, including systemic lupus, endometriosis, or rheumatoid rheumatoid arthritis. Patients with common variable immunodeficiency caused by ICOS deficiency have been shown to have severely reduced circulating TFH, at which is you know what's happening to these people. And major defects in antibody germination or generation, sorry. And that's what Dr. Cole's seeing. Your ability to produce antibodies is diminished. Uh, lastly, defects in the TFH help to uh, B cells has been observed in HIV infected patients and contributes to the inability of patients to produce effective HIV specific antibodies. So... Once again, there's another indicator that, yeah, this thing might create AIDS in some people, or at least the same pieces that they're still calling AIDS by the current definition, right? Uh, It's AIDS. They are giving people AIDS. Uh, This is from October 21st. I'm on an international Zoom call with pathologists and doctors. We're in serious trouble. Immune systems are being obliterated. And I pointed to Ryan Cole. This was a few months before that where he's pointing out low profile of these important killer T cells that you want in your body. It's almost a a reverse HIV. In HIV, you lose your helper T cells, your CD4 cells. In this virus post-vaccine, what we're seeing is a drop in your killer T cells, your CD8 cells. And what do CD8 cells do? They keep all other viruses in check. What am I seeing in the laboratory? I'm seeing an uptick of herpes family viruses. I'm seeing um, herpes. I'm seeing. So again, and a lot of you guys have heard that a few times, but this is whether or not you test positive for AIDS, I don't even think, or for HIV, I don't even think it's relevant. Okay. There are going to be a lot of vaccine injured who they're trying to scapegoat and the mechanism that they plan to use you know we had the whole hemorrhagic fever is that it and it didn't seem right to me like i don't know how they're going to do that without really exposing themselves even further this is you know familiar to them they're already doing it they're just ramping it up i think this is the plan going forward and we're going to skip that this has been a really long episode of course here's uh, jinky the mouse trying to tell us 
that uh, this paper trail leads to a pile of smoking guns. So this is about Ed Holmes, who just received a congressional letter warning him to retain documents, has been running cover for Peter Daszak and EcoHealth, who covered, that's the CIA operative cut out for Fauci that was using NIH money to fund gain-of-function research and development for this bioweapon at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And that's, you know, who knows what Moderna might have built and then sent their way. We, we have no idea. But, uh, and look who's helping him. Peter Dor- Doherty, uh, Michael Woolberry, and Dominic Dwyer. So this goes in, and basically... I think Jinky's telling us they're getting close to uh, really uncovering this and all of this starting to come to light. They're on to the right trail here. Okay. And I think, you know, it is, it's all coming out. The VAERS database, we've got the DOD stuff that Tom uh, Rents talked about. You've got the insurance claims that are off the charts, the funeral homes. We heard from a couple of funeral home directors Pretty soon, they're all going to be pointing fingers at each other and trying to blame HIV and AIDS, which is just a cover story to try and get away with what they've done. Okay? Y'all need to recognize that. Um, here's a good thread. If you find me on uh, Twitter, To The Lifeboats on Twitter, for people suffering long COVID and the vaccine injured, I've got it linked up here. It's in my profile it talks about selenium. That's one of the supplements that I take occasionally. That's one of the things that um, Dimitri talked about. It talks about niacin here. There's some studies in zinc um, and how those kind of work together. And I think this these are probably some of the papers that Dimitri found and kind of went down his, his course of developing a treatment plan. So there's a lot of information in here. I'm not going to go through this whole thread it's too long, but uh, for those of you that are asking for resources, this person is A L A I A C I N on Twitter. A L A I A C I N. And uh, this thread was published on, hold on, I'll get you the date because that's usually the, you can, if you're just going to scroll to find it, you'll be able to. February 10th of 2022. So. All right, the vaccine injured man. We got a car. This lady bumped into somebody. What are you doing? What are you doing? You fucking bogan slut. Get the fuck out of Canberra. Go get a job and um, find something better to do with your fucking. What have you done? What have you done? Can you I reverse have your me? life? Does she call her a Bergen slut? I, if somebody knows what that means, I'd love to know. Honey, you just reversed into me. I have a um, sorry, we're at it. So she was tailgating one of the protesters in Canberra, ran into the back of her, tries to blame her. Traffic light, yeah, and you can say whatever you want, man. You can put whatever you want, sweetheart. The media doesn't care about you. I'm not talking to the media. Open the door into her. Makes a smooth exit. Almost. Oh, yeah. Drove up on her foot. Oh, I'm so sorry. 
sitting there spinning is perfect and you know like i looked at this and i'm like okay mass formation but then rise melbourne here posted this video this is the lady that was driving hi i have a whole bunch of new followers and i just wanted to say hello welcome to the shit show she's wildly letting her hair down i heard you liked my driving all right crazy pants and then someone's saying right there, hold on, let me pause that. I worry that the jab is actually what's making their minds implode. It's scary, really. And yeah, there is. There's a lot of people talking about a change that comes over people. Hi, I after, have a whole bunch of new followers and I just. Over some people after being vaccinated. Is it that? Is it the mass formation? I'd say it's maybe both, a little bit of both in some cases. But Wow. I'm loving this one. Uh, this week I was uh, up in uh, Bundaberg announcing. <laughs> he just said the G word, genocide. And she's closing one eye like, what did he just say? So you've got one of these public health officials trying to give a press conference and somebody else has wandered up on the press conference and is not fucking having it anymore. And I love the Australians. They cuss better than anybody, I think. Died, you failed me, I did everything. I'm going to hold you accountable for that. I did everything that y'all want. I was basically did what you said. It's been very tough for everybody during this pandemic. A lot of people have not been able to see family and friends. and we're Because of you and your regulations that weren't based in science that were meant to drive fear and anguish to push this solution that's deadly to these people. She's one of the, she better get hope that she gets swept up by the tribunal. Seeing loved ones being lost, I feel that just as everyone else does. It has been an absolutely tough time and I can understand why that gentleman is very upset and very distressed. So um, I, all I can do is... He's probably been carted off at this point. ...apologise to people who haven't been able to see their loved ones uh, during the pandemic. Uh, no one asked for this pandemic and we've been trying to manage it as best we possibly can and, and Queenslanders have done a great job. They've done a great job. We, I've decided that I did a great job, right? Of course, also on the The CEO, speech, Daniel Ek of Spotify, uh, announced in a way to placate the mob that what he was going to do was release 100 million pounds to support marginalized voices. And then this is related to Joe Rogan, not because of the things that he's saying, but because of the power that he wields having 11 million people listening to his show and CNN and MSNBC and Fox News are all doing good if they can get half a million to watch one of their shows. He is incredibly dangerous to their narrative and that is why they are silencing him while putting on this fucking puppet show as Majid is pointing out here for, you know, suppressed voices. Oh, really? 
If you're going to play that game, is there any more marginalised voice than somebody, a Muslim, a person of colour who's been imprisoned as an Amnesty International adopted prisoner of conscience during the war on terror, where I was subjected to witnessing torture and where I was injected against my will by the prison authorities. You talk about marginalised voices and you silence my voice. Meanwhile, Bill Cosby remains on your platform. Meanwhile, R. Kelly remains on your platform. Convicted child sex offender R. Kelly remains on your platform. Murderer Charles Manson remains on your platform. So does the other murderer Phil Spector, whose music I imagine you like, remains on your platform. <laughs> And yet you take over 113 episodes down from The Rogan Show and you don't even publish my episode in the first place. What is it that we could have said that's worse than what those people did? Unless it's never about misinformation. If it's never about anti-racism, what it's really about, as Robert Malone said in the clip that I've posted on Twitter, which has already got over a thousand retweets, it's about power and money. Because the company that owns the largest share in Spotify is the company that owns the largest share in Moderna. That is correct. Imagine that. Imagine that. It's like the whole thing is rigged. And don't forget, there's the little thing about the three to four million tests, right? Contacted Lily, and that was the rough estimate of how many they were producing. That's just one contract. They could probably have dozens of these. Oh. <sighs> course we've got police here despite having the court order saying don't take the gas they're still taking the gas and firewood and they're they've pulled into one of these streets taking more jerry cans cops stealing more cans cops stealing more cans i don't even think they have the names on those cans be very hard to give them back after the court had already told they can't take them but no, the cops like the gear jerry cans. They like make the, sure the truckers don't have enough heat so they can. They like the firewood too. That went home to one of those cops. He's very grateful that y'all bought him that firewood. I know these things because my stepdad was a game warden. He'd bring home fishing poles and boats and inflatable canoe one time, all kinds of stuff that people were supposed to have a license for, didn't. So he would just. If, if they would claim it wasn't theirs and they didn't know, he would take it and bring it home. That's where these gas cans are going. That's why they're not labeling them. They don't intend to give them back. These are petty thieves. And the way to counter this, and I would love to see this, is you get three semis to drive down each end of that street. The first one stays in the truck. The other two park and depart the area. And then they come in and they focus on the first two. Hey, you can't park here. Well, the police said that they needed these lanes open for emergencies. I don't think stealing people's gas is considered an emergency. So they are violating their word here. And the response to this is to peacefully block them in. And then what happens? Well, they tell the trucker that is there to, to move. Okay, yeah, let me do it. Oh, this truck behind me, you're going to have to get him to move first. Well, where is he? Well, we don't know. Well, what about the one behind that? Oh, we don't know either. Now, what do we do? Now, our trucks are stuck here. Our fat, and they're not all actually fat. This is Canada. We, they don't want to haul all this gas out by hand. That's too much work. They don't want to leave the truck there. It'd be a shame if the Schroeder valves got somehow came loose, unscrewed, and all the air was let out of the tires. Um, 
that would be a damn shame. So they probably are going to have to leave somebody there to watch this equipment that is now stranded and become part of the protest. Because that's an effective counter to this. And I guess they're going to fight it through lawyers or whatever, but I'm just trying to throw ideas out there and add to the conversation. So I think that would be an effective and um, proper response to what they're doing. Turn it into a quagmire for them. Oh boy. And this Drew guy, I don't even have the energy for this. I mean, here's a guy telling me, um, you talk, we're talking about the MRNA in the body, in the germinal center, an area of the lymph nodes. What are we seeing as an adverse event? Swelling of the lymph nodes. It's one of the more common ones, right? Well, the MRNA it turns out is in the specific area of the lymph nodes, the GC. And he say, and here's one of, uh, you know, Drew's sitting here like, oh, I enjoy the confrontation. I said, too bad you don't enjoy debate or reevaluating your beliefs in light of new evidence, Drew. Shameful that you're what you're doing to people with your nonsense. And I'm pointing him to this jinky post about the mRNA uh, and the spike antigen being uh, in these GCs up to eight weeks post-vaccination. And one of his buddies, Eugene here, says, I see you've moved from misrepresenting allergic reaction for a heart attack to, because <laughs> that's what all these heart attacks are, right? It's, they're just allergic reactions to misrepresenting protein for cell structures in a lymph node. Well done. And I'm like, you mean the researchers who published the paper in the most respected peer reviewed journal in the world? Yeah, I'm sure they're wrong. And you're right, Eugene. He says, they are right. However, you don't seem to understand. They're not talking about the vaccine mRNA surviving rather they are talking about GC activated by the vaccine to produce antibodies. Of course, here's the actual study I've highlighted and detected vaccine mRNA collected in the GCs of the lymph nodes on day 7, 16, and 37 post-vaccination with lower but still appreciable levels uh, specific signal at day 60. So they're saying exactly what he's saying that is not happening. I'm like, yeah, cool story, bro. And they just, he goes off here on another one saying Drew's right and you're wrong. And it's like, no, these guys aren't even looking at the evidence. This guy's leading people off a cliff and I, it's just sad. It's just sad. Okay. That is the end. This is a long one. <laughs> Three and a half hours. <laughs> I love the people that tell me that bitch about the show being too long. I'm like, bitch, you say that about Rogan. No, then fuck off. All right. All right, anybody on spaces real quick? I want to finish this up pretty quick because it is already pretty long. Uh, I see some chat comments here. Use an asterisk if you're in the chat and you want to jump in on the live uh, or ask me a question. And then I will see it. I've seen a few go by here. But yeah, you know, like I think that's the plan. HIV is going to be the scapegoat. Sam, great video from Brain Surgeon explaining Saget post-mortem report. Okay, if you can get me that on Twitter, that would be great. I'll take a look. Oh, right there. There we go. All right, I will check that out. We got somebody that wants to speak. Oh, Cryptic Aussie. Welcome to the show. What, what would you like to share tonight? Uh-oh. Did I do it right? 
There we go. Oh. Cryptic Aussie, you can unmute or Val. Hey, mate. How are you today? Hey, doing good. Uh, good to hear. Good to hear. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, that's on your end. We lost you. Yeah, crap. Cryptic Aussie, we we lost your signal. Is that better? Okay. Yep. Now we got you. Oh man, I can I hear myself. I don't know if you got that voice analyzer going on me. It sounds like I sound like Donald Duck. Okay. Yeah, I think I just fixed that. Is that better? Sorry. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button over here. It's been a long show. I tell you the truth, as Donald Duck, I sound much better than I normally do anyway. All right. What do you want to share tonight? Uh, I was updating you on that word bogan. Just, uh, it was funny hearing, hearing you say the word bogan. You almost got it right. What does that mean? So you have to picture someone who is in skin-tight jeans, Skin tight shirt, not because they got any muscle on them whatsoever. They're probably skinnier than maybe some of those unhealthy chickens you've seen before. <laughs> they have a they have a packet of cigarettes stuck up the inside sleeve of one of their shirts. The the general mullet goes with it as well. Oh, and all right. They've all right. got they're, they're listening to heavy metal music because that's about the only thing that'll uh, touch any of their brain cells. It's got to be nuclear loud. <laughs> And that's a bogan. That's a that's a bogan cunt. All right, good to know. This, <laughs> yeah, this exactly. sounds like a the chav in uh, in the UK. Which yeah, I was is, trying to I was trying to think. Well, what, what is it in the US? It wouldn't be a redneck. It's, no, I don't think we have. Really. I, I don't know if we have that category, but the the chav in in the UK is like the jumpsuit with the obnoxious chain and um th there's a whole thing around that as well yeah so, yeah yeah gotcha yeah yeah that, that that's a bargain mate all right thank you i appreciate that anything else you want to say what's no going problem. on what's the mood like down there in australia these days well you you talked about that poison witch now because uh, i'm in queensland that queensland premier uh, yep. gladys you know you know um pile of shit as we call it here and uh, you know all of them so they had their heads so far up their asses. They don't know whether they're coming and going. They changed the they changed the mood depending on I think whether they got laid the night before. But yeah. They, seriously, no clue. But in the streets, it's very interesting. You know, I'm in a semi, not rural, but it's not city and it's not not heavy suburban. You know, what do we have about eighty thousand people in our uh, our population here? And you get the, like the one in the five that are wearing the mask now, where if I went back a month ago, it would be, you know, it'd be nine out of, nine out of 10 would be wearing the mask. Now it's dropped right down, it's dropped right down. I'm quite impressed. When you go into any of the stores where they were like Nazis and they'd say, you know, where's your mask? Now, no one cares. No falling silent. In fact, what's that, sorry? I was just saying they're, they're falling silent and people are just oh, yeah, starting yeah. To, to stop complying. That's, that's a very encouraging sign. Correct, correct. The only place I found the other day, the first time ever, uh, I went into the local council of all places, of course. They, they suck up to the local government because that's where they get paid. So, some prick at the counter was like, no, can't serve you, you don't have a mark. I'm like, well, fuck you, I've got an exemption. And then he went, uh, what is it? I, I went, like, when was the last time you had your balls checked? 
you know, tell me that and I'll tell you mine. He, he fell silent and, you know, cried off to his supervisor. But apart from that, it's just, it's just normal here. It's like it's never happened. If no one turned on the TV or the radio, which, which I don't personally, um, you would never know. You have no clue. Good. That's encouraging. So, yeah, that's about it. And awesome. I have been, I will admit, Sam, I've been a little bit slack in, in getting those videos on oh, because I've decided no worries. this year I'm homeschooling the kids. So we just started homeschooling nice. the kids a week ago. And uh, that's a fun, that's a fun, uh, interesting thing. Now, I, let me see. I just heard the voice thing. Uh, maybe that fixed it that right was- there. Oh, oh okay. man, that sounds so good. <laughs> so, so um, I've just set up a show for a couple of weeks where we're going to have someone come on and talk about homeschooling and we're going to spend two or three hours talking through it because I think the situation that we're heading into is uh, these, you know, companies, institutions, government functions are going to start to break down as society collapses, the dollar collapses. And I think a lot of people are going to be in the boat of suddenly I can't, the, the school's not open anymore. What do I do with my kids? And so I want to kind of arm them with some basic ideas around homeschooling and some of the different methods and so forth. So I'm really looking yeah, forward to that discussion. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's it really not. not. That hard. I, I think you got me onto Brett um, from not? School Shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you make a cameo on one of his very early videos. I, I did, video, yeah. Um, <laughs> but whatever podcast it was, I can't remember now. One of the re- very early ones. And he speaks extremely highly of me too in that, in that video. I, um, I knew him he, in New Hampshire when I, he was one of the Free State, uh, Free State Project activists, just like I was, that moved up there. And um, I don't think he likes me very much though now, but that's fine, whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't listened to any of his latest stuff, although it seems like he's kind of gone off the uh, boil a bit with his with his uh, program. But he did get me onto that. Uh, I think it was How They Learn by Susan Susan White. Uh-huh. Invaluable book for anyone that's going to homeschool. Yeah. I would pick that up. It has the A to Z of how to, why to, and and all the resources to boot. Mm-hmm. And then you know, there's also this entire dynamic, and this is what I want to explore of homeschooling or home education, I think is an even more appropriate word. There's people at one end of the spectrum that do unschooling where there's like no structure, support the kids and what they do. And there's an example that I've got that I want to bring up uh, in the show where I think that can kind of go wrong. You have to kind of motivate your kids and push them and, and uh, give them the tools and things that they need and the experiences and knowledge that they need to be successful in the world. Um, and then there's homeschooling where you try and like recreate the government schools, but at home and all sorts of things in between there. And, and so mm-hmm. not every approach is right for every family. And so that's, there's a lot to this. It, it's a topic that, uh, I learned a lot about once, uh, Rebecca was pregnant with our daughter. It was something that's when I started listening to him and I did for two or three years to just kind of soak all of that up and have that. And that's part of what I want to want to discuss in this show. So I think that'll be a good one for a lot of people because a lot of us are going to be in that situation. Maybe you should reach out to, um, I think she goes by L J uh, homeschool expert, Laura. Laura she's a, yeah, she's that's her. Author. She's coming. <laughs> oh, is she really? Yeah. Oh, oh, good we stuff. just, good just stuff. confirmed yeah. that it's going to be, 
not next week, but the week after on a Wednesday and we're kind of hashing out what all we're going to go through. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh man, ask her, I will, I'll ask you if, if you're going to do the spacey thing, like can she put her book on audio? Like get an audio book version. Oh, okay. Of book yeah. Going. We're going to do, yeah, we're going to do it live that. and um, take calls and everything. So you'll be able to call in. It's going to be like at, I think three in the afternoon. It's going to be a few hours earlier than this show normally is. So. Uh, I'm going to call in Sam and I'm going to have my kids going hysterical. I'm going to be a blubbering mess and like, Laura, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for calling in, sir. Appreciate it. No worries, mate. Great show. Cheers. Have a good one. All right, ma'am. Good stuff. Sam. Yes, ma'am. Did you invite me to? If you if you want to speak, I, I, I added you as a co-host because Twitter's been ki- glitchy and like kicking mm-hmm. me out, and then it kills the stream. So, but if I have a co-host, it keeps going, and I can rejoin. Um, Good stuff. If you ever do that again, I will know why. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> and I jacked that up because I had to go in and do some settings to get my my mic on, and yeah. then. Um, I kicked myself off, so it's fine. It's but, fine. So we're we're good. I'm just trying to pick a couple people out to make co-hosts, so that uh, if I get banned, and like the last time we did it, it kicked me, and then uh, I rejoined, and little pause was the co-host, and it kicked both of us at the same time, and then the stream died. <laughs> so there's something weird going on. I'm surprised it's been this reliable tonight. Uh, anything you want to say on the show? Well, good stuff. Yeah. So while I'm here, I'll just add something. Um, but yeah, I, um, the homeschooling and I are talking about homeschooling and everything else. And I just think what I'm, what I'm seeing, uh, going on, I know we have a lot of fears. I know I homeschooled, um, and I pushed myself through all the fears of how can I possibly do this? Um, but it was an intuitive knowing um, you know, or it was over a decade ago I did that. Um, and part of it was moving to Texas where it was more uh, mainstream out there. Mm-hmm. And I had enough people to say, oh, absolutely, you can do it. Don't worry. It'll be fine. There was a lot of communities. But I would say there are a lot of communities breaking out all over the country now. And they'll be support if you want it. I think the most important thing now is um i'm still seeing a lot of people complaining i think we need to be careful about um complaining about oh how come the leaders are not following their own rules yeah that's not fair how come the schools aren't being fair to our kids it's time for us to grow the fuck up Time for us to stand up and be sovereign. Okay, and that yeah. means you don't hand your children over to your enemies, and, and you don't follow your leaders whether they're wearing a fucking mask or not. Yeah, take the fucking mask off and go into those places. Stand up tall and act like you own the place. Have fifty-two answers for anyone who challenges you on it. Yep. That's, that's what I did all through up. the pandemic, 
But I did that. I did that from Texas. I know you did that too from Colorado and had a lot of confrontational encounters and so forth. I was always ready with my uh, video camera, hoping somebody would challenge me, but they never really did. They, I just get dirty looks or whatever. Right, right, and and most of the time it was like that. And um, it was terrifying at first. It was terrifying at first because they really put all those different. Um, they really put all those uh, videos out there of like that you were going to get arrested, you were going to get your shopping cart smashed in, you were going to mm-hmm. get thrown out the door. It was filling me with anxiety. But since the beginning, I mean, like I said, I, I run through my intuition. I knew it was wrong. I knew why they were doing it. And I just played a little game with myself called every time you wear a mask, you lose a little bit of your soul. Mm-hmm. And that was a game for me. So every time I went somewhere, I at least tried to get through no matter what. And it got easier. And then it actually became fun <laughs> to the point where when they would take away the mandate, back and forth when they would take it away and there would be more people without the mask it, it actually wasn't as fun for me <laughs> but you can really um you you really have to be we it's time for us to start acting like sovereigns yes. if we want to be sovereigns it's time to claim our liberty and that's what i'm seeing these uh you know that's what i'm seeing in canada is they're finally saying, no, I'm not here to fight you, but you're irrelevant. Whether you're here or not is of no, um, it it, it doesn't change anything. So I'm just going to be me. Whether you like it or not, here we are. And uh, it's great. So, um, Uh, yeah, I went into... I went into Dallas Love Field and picked up a girlfriend from the airport and I didn't even bring a mask with me. And I walked by the cops who were in masks and, uh, you know, like noticed all the passengers come out of security and they're around baggage claim. And this is in, t- mm-hmm. in Dallas and they're all mm-hmm. still wearing masks. I was like <clears throat> the only person in there that didn't have a mask on their face. And it was just mm-hmm. amazing to me. I, I think people are just afraid they're, there's like levels of fear and at the airport there's still a lot of fear driving people to make these decisions you know like they they, they're scared sure and and that's what i think so my children okay my children are different than i am and they're not looking to be challenged in Mm -hmm. in that arena and i i just tell them simply um at the very least walk in there like you own the place and if you need to keep a keep a mask in your back pocket at the very least if they do say something and you'll be surprised how much how often they don't just be like oh sorry i forgot yeah you know if you're scared you could do that sure you know just do something guys it's okay (laughs) it's okay to give in to the taskmaster you know this is what um oh the life of a slave frederick Douglass kind of talked about is like he he understood liberty and he um he still ended up 
being beaten back into submission and was a slave for a period of time before escaping for his final time. And it's, oh, you know, it's oh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm going to mute. I'm going to have to change the area for <laughs> so that was crypto Aussie. That was, uh, hold on. Now I'm trying to unmute you. Um, Jayla, sorry. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it here. Let me kick bear with me. And unmute. Okay. Jayla, you're back unmuted. Sorry about yeah, that. It's, it's fine. No, I just want to say a few things because okay. I'm here. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do. And um, thank you. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm going to, I guess I'll wrap up there. Um, I think things are are breaking down rapidly and what's happening around the world is so significant. Um, we need to be following it, participating in it, sharing this stuff out with people so that they understand. I think this is coming like a freight train and, uh, this, you know, I warned you guys about the trucker thing early on saying this could spread and grocery stores could empty out like that. So, be prepared, have some supplies and so forth. I think that's really important. We're going into um, some difficult times, I guess. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna have some like a few years, two, three years of struggles uh, as all this plays out. So I don't know what to tell you much beyond there. Uh, that's it. Patreon.com slash to the lifeboats. This, these shows take a tremendous amount of work to put together. If you can support it, that'd be great. I'd greatly appreciate it. They don't really get much, but it helps make these, uh, kind of broadcasts possible. And I think this is a powerful mechanism to explain to people what's going on, how they're being deceived and arm them with helpful information, help them help us all kind of evolve as a species is, is my ultimate goal here. I want to see us move away from these monopolies, these paradigms of control that can be co-opted and used and abused and turned against us as weapons as has been happening for a long time and is now being taken to an entire another level. And if we don't stop this, our children and their children and their children will be slaves. I'm Sam I am. We'll catch you on next broadcast. Thanks, everybody. Every rapper's gassing and every rapper's selfish. Every rapper's trapping and every rapper sells bricks. The only saving I'ma do my part to help it. They kill black the ripper and in my heart I felt it. But it's hard though when everyone is brainwashed. I'm trying to show you the way and you just wanna stay lost. Give me an old school beat to spit pain on. They put my friend on medication now he's not the same done. 
I'm sorry but it had to be mentioned If he don't take tablets every day then he'll get sectioned And he don't get no love from his siblings Because they'll rather him trapped in the system Fuck the system, say it loud and say it proud I'm stuck in a matrix, I'm trying to make it out Has the world gone crazy, you ain't gotta ask They wouldn't serve me in a shop because I ain't got a mask Remember preaching to my friends in school times Telling them about GMO and fluoride The new world order is here, you better wake up And wearing a mask is a sign that you gave up Take that shit off your face cause Don't let them take your freedom like a cage bird Free the world, that means I'm trying to save Earth I'm too real to be living in a fake world Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan I miss my dad, I wondered if we'll meet again All lives matter fam, not just BLM And I don't hate any race, I love all colours Stop being ignorant because we're all brothers Free June Asaji hasn't done nothing wrong And tell Matt Hancock to go and suck his mum I trust fruit and veg, I don't trust the NHS Tupac was killed off, he didn't fake his death I'm sick of the media and the government Always lying to my people, I've had enough of it Put so much trust in the system that your sense gone Now they won't accept my cash in a restaurant Things are changing over a virus I can't even fly, it's got me thinking about Cyprus Nowadays I can't go shopping without an argument I see why Guy Ford tried to blow up parliament Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan Cause all this shit's getting to my head man In a pandemic but nobody's dead fam And none of this shit don't make sense The vaccine's coming like a mark of Satan